<laughs> I have 12 pages of notes today. Not counting the three pages of like, I don't count these three pages as my notes because they're just facts. Everything else is subjective. I have eight pages of notes, but I gave up really quick. Taking notes in Spiral. (laughs) Do you have a specific moment in Spiral where you gave up? Uh... God, I maybe I don't know. It was within the first twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was it was pretty early. All right, well, let's get through these last three fucking movies so we can put a pin in this fucking franchise. Put a pin in it. Welcome to The Screaming Room, the only podcast about horror movies. I am Sam, and I am here with... I'm Ralph. That's Ralph. Thank you for sticking with us this long. Today, uh, if you don't already know, we are finishing our rewatch recap of the Saw franchise. We're doing Saws 7, 8, and 9, or as they're otherwise known, Saw 3D or Saw the Final Chapter. Jigsaw and Spiral. Great. Uh, Saw 6 was the last one to use an actual number in the title mm-hmm. up until the upcoming release. That's yes. about to happen. All right. Oh, boy. So before we get into this, Ralph, as a trilogy of trilogies, so three sets of three films, how do you feel like these last three stacked up to the first two sets of three, if that makes sense. Um, they're the lowest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these these okay. last three are probably the lowest of... Yeah. Because yeah. I think it, we haven't really talked about it in detail, but from our like messaging back and forth, it sounds like we might... Uh, we might have a little disagreement about which one of these are the best and the worst here. Yeah. I think we might. I, I, mean, I have a feeling I think, we might agree yeah. which one's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're going to let like we've got a, a stacked episode today. So let's get right into it. Do we have the trailer queued up? I'm hearing that we do. <laughs> let's roll it.
Since the beginning, you have watched others suffer. Now it is your turn to play. fucking trailer yeah <laughs> you can tell like we talked about last week uh they were disappointed in the box office returns for saw six we assume that part of that is because paranormal activity came out right at the same time that's right and ate their fucking lunch so instead of getting two sequels as planned, like on the release schedule that we know, like one once per year, mm-hmm. uh, they reduced that to one. They said, close out the series. This is it. We're closing up shop. Uh, every Saw movie uh, up until now uh, has had a budget of around $10 million, except for the, uh, the first two. Mm-hmm. I think it was $1 million and then 4 or $5 million for the second Oh boy, uh, do you want to take a crack at the budget and the box office here? I'm gonna say the budget was twenty million. Good guess. And the box office was ninety-five million. Okay, okay, you're on the the uh, pessimistic side of the hundred uh-huh. million dollar line. So the budget was seventeen. Okay. Uh, the box office was 136. Oh, okay. So another Much like better from six. another hit. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm sure like after this they were thinking like, oh, okay. So uh, these movies still do make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's keep rolling. Um, this is also the lowest. I mean, okay. Let me add a caveat to this. Rotten Tomatoes fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, but I love comparing the scores from Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the lowest rated in the franchise. Interesting. Do you want to guess? Uh, 20%. Nine. <gasps> that low. I can't, I could not believe it was that low. <laughs> wow. Fucking haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this franchise has never had a, uh, a movie with the the red tomato. Right. It's always it's, been a green splat. It's been nine splats in a <laughs> row, baby. <laughs> Unbroken fucking record. Oh, yes. uh, so, saw the final chapter. We're finally getting some answers to some questions, uh, including ones that were asked in the first movie. And we're also going to find out... Uh, how does the reverse bear trap work? How does it work on a real person? And back in, uh, you mentioned back when we were covering the third chapter that you thought there was going to be some tooth stuff. Well, they had, I think the producers said one of the traps they were going to do involve yanking teeth out. Okay. 
And so you said, well, we do see that in seven. <laughs> it's like, just wait four more movies. <laughs> uh, we'll finally see it. So before I have you read the uh, plot synopsis here, I am going to add that I have a website pulled up called voicecell.org. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to put you through the voice cell test. And what this is going to do is it's going to analyze your voice frequency and determine whether or not you're a voice cell or not. Meaning, you're going to find out whether or not the frequency of your voice is too high to ever have sex again or find <laughs> happiness for the rest of your life. So uh, I'm going to begin test and uh, hit that trailer. After trying to kill Mark Hoffman, Jill Tuck goes into protective custody. Detective Matt Gibson agrees to take her into protective custody once she signs an affidavit revealing that Mark Hoffman is the new Jigsaw killer. Meanwhile, Bobby Dagan, a self-proclaimed Jigsaw survivor, is put through his own series of tests where he must save both his friends and his wife. You failed the test. I'm a cell. <laughs> no, it crashed. Oh. <laughs> I'm too Chad. <laughs> yeah, your voice was too deep. You were resonating at frequencies that this website couldn't handle. No, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that plot synopsis. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. This is a like of the next of the movies we're going to talk about today. Oh, wait. No, here we go. Results just came in. Uh, it says, I'm so sorry. Uh, voice cell. Uh, it's over. <laughs> but that may also be measuring my voice as well a little bit right now. <laughs> um, so thank you, Rebecca Swain of IMDb for that synopsis. I wasn't able to find any synopses from, from Brazil, Brazil this time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, this is going to be the most complex story of the three that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The other two are going to be pretty straightforward. Um so this is supposed to be the closing entry purportedly in the Saw franchise. How successful do you think this movie was at that aim? Uh I think they did an okay job. There's definitely still a lot of loose ends at the end that unanswered sort of questions of who who's who and where are they and did they survive? Um, but, you know, they like to leave that kind of open-ended just in case they come back to it. <laughs> yes, they do. But, yeah, I don't know. We saw the end to some characters that have been around for a while. We saw some things, some traps go off that maybe we've been hearing about for a while. And Oh, I mean, yeah. it's been killing me not being able to see the reverse bear trap go off yeah. for oh, yeah. seven movies. <laughs> we just kept teasing it. So, this movie starts with kind of answering one of the questions we've had since the beginning. Like, the opening shot of this movie is Dr. Gordon from Saw 1 crawling yeah. out of the bathroom and uh, cauterizing his stump of a leg. <laughs> and then it still tries to be a little withholding from that moment because we don't see him again until... <laughs> well, we see him kind of in the middle of the movie and then not again until like yeah. right at the end, right? Yeah. Um, I've never felt like I feel like I've heard throughout the commentary tracks throughout all of these movies that uh, the writers, the directors, 
whomever it is, the producers are constantly getting asked about what happened to Dr. Gordon. Mm -hmm. I've never been too concerned with that personally. It's not a mystery. I've needed closed. And I also know that uh, Carrie Elwes was probably not in a position to come back for a little while because he was suing his management over the money that he was not paid for doing the first movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that probably precluded him from uh, being around for a while. Yeah, maybe soured that a little. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It was nice to have him back because his... I don't think it was as much of a rush job as uh, part one. So Mm -hmm. his performance is a little bit better uh he's not screaming fuck this shit (laughs) as he's like cauterizing his fucking bloody stump or whatever so uh we get that opening scene of him kind of crawling away from the bathroom like i said and then we get the uh the first trap of this movie which really sets a new tone in a way for this franchise do you want to describe the trap i I don't want to describe this one. It I'm seems too hard. I'm blanking on it. What was the first trap? It's this <laughs> one. I'm like running through all three of it's, these movies. I'm here, like, here. I'll pull up the list. Um, oh, yes, uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this one's really fun. It's uh, It's called? It's called the public execution trap. I would have called it the seesaw cheater trap. <laughs> <laughs> that one's more lyrical. I yeah, like that. Um, because it involves two guys strapped into a device where they each have a large saw blade that's rotating towards their face and chest that they have to shove, you know, back and forth at the other guy at the other end. And then above them is the woman that has been playing them. This bitch. This, yeah. <laughs> she is situated above another uh, radial saw. And depending on how the, the guys push the blade out of the way it will be out of the way of her abdomen hit the other guy so you have to either kill one of the guys or the or one of them has to die by one has to die it's like a three-way tug of war where the woman is being lowered down from the ceiling onto the blade that's between the thing that they're pushing and pulling yeah uh and uh what happens here is uh these two guys are uh we find out are both uh sleeping with this woman uh, and they realize that for the first time in this saw trap, uh, and they decide to live by the classic axiom, bros before hoes, uh, and they yeah. let her get gutted. <laughs> I think we're breaking up with you, Tina. <laughs> yeah, I think her name's yeah, Tina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that this was, uh, I think this is a bad trap. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so it's, it's, overly complicated. The exactly. way it's designed, it's just so silly. I yep. love that it's in public. Exactly. It's in like a storefront. It's like it, one of those public art sort of pieces that you might see if someone like, I'm going to sleep in this bed in a glass case in front of everybody for three days like straight. Like David Blaine freezes himself in ice yeah. in like <laughs> Times Square or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like a like a holiday like Macy's Nordstrom, like outdoor at the mall kind mm-hmm. of glass cube. Yeah. Uh, that I believe is, it. I think in the movie it's supposed to be like a uh, hardware and tools. Yeah, or like an out. Yeah, how, hardware, outdoor wear, sort of. Yeah, there's like some mannequins with stuff with, you know, work aprons and other, yeah, yeah, hammers and stuff. I mean, and and it's it's what we get at the beginning of all these movies, which is like a trap to kind of set up 
something that gets resolved mm-hmm. later or like ties back later. Um, which it doesn't really explicitly in yeah, this one. But this one, these guys are just sort of like one-off trap people that are like, well, they're not really connected maybe to... Okay. This is where I'm starting with the caveats. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> they do come back at the end of the movie, but it's not in the film. Okay. So I'll, I'll just jump to it. At the end of the movie, there are three pig mask people. Oh. One of them is Dr. Gordon. Is that who the other two are supposed to be? The other two are supposed to be these chads. Okay. I kind of had a feeling that's where you were going with it. Yeah. I "I know we don't really know who those are supposed to be, but they kind of wrote that in later. They. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I think this movie in particular it's like like it has the police and the saw storyline most most like uh, closely tied together of any of them yeah because we're still following Hoffman and Jill where we left them in the last movie right so their storyline begins with uh, <laughs> Jill watching Hoffman escape from the reverse from the reverse bear trap at the end of the last movie. Uh, she runs away in kind of a very stupid looking way. Yeah. (laughs) She can't run for shit. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, we kind of get it right after that. We, we get introduced to the, uh, the main, the main saw victim here, uh, played by, uh, oh God, what's his name from, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Thank you. From Boondock Saints. Bobby Dagan. Bobby Dagan. Bobby Dagan is getting interviewed on a morning talk show. He is selling a book describing his experience it's surviving. S U R V I V E. It's an acronym. <laughs> I. And <laughs> uh, you can tell pretty quickly on that he's full of shit. He's, like he's, oh yeah, he's faking all this stuff. It's great. He There's lies. the yeah, the TV personality asks him like, "What was it really like?" And he kind of hesitates, and then he gets really full emotional into it. And it's like, oh, you could, this is a fucking PR stunt. And even afterwards, like his two agents were like, "You should have mentioned your wife and how to kiss with your wife. That would have been really good, you know, optics. <laughs> how to kiss with your wife." <laughs> I. This was the scene where I was like really also in like in in terms of the style of this movie, I it was really apparent to me that this was being filmed in 3D. Yeah. It looks so corny and weird. It's yeah. all overlit and it looks like a soap opera. Like it looks It does. It really yeah, does. It looks really silly. Um so we after that get I mean there's a little jumping around here at the beginning, but we get a, uh, <laughs> this is maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it's like right up front. Uh-huh. We get a sequence where Hoffman has uh, trapped Jill, like strung up by chains, <laughs> yeah. like between these like railroad track things. And he starts up this device with like a cow catcher on the front. Uh-huh. With the uh, little spiral. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like, like a penguin from batman exactly like something device. from batman returns <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh and we watch it uh it p- 
plow through her torso and just quarter her, and her body just flops all over the place. And there's some like guts. guts. Yeah, yeah, it's right so flying at you. It's uh, really fun. And then Jill wakes up, and it's, it's a dream. It's yeah. all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Which I usually hate that, but like if I get one more gory, like like special effects kill or effects kill, like fine, give it to yeah. me. That's what yeah. I'm here for. Exactly. Then we get back to the Bobby Dagan storyline, and he is arriving at a uh, support group for survivors of Jigsaw. Uh-huh. We see a couple of different faces we've seen before. We do. We also, it's really funny, because a, a couple of these characters in these in this support group kind of get a little bit of a flashback to their trauma that they experienced. And there's one that... Looks like the stupidest trap I've ever seen. I, it's a woman and a man hanging by their arms across from one another, and they have to play like that, that like play school playground game where you're like exactly. trying to knock each other off the bars with your legs. You're hanging by your arms, and you have to kick your friend until they fall down. But the catch of this is, if you fall, you land into like a hundred upside down <laughs> lawnmowers just beneath them, slicing you up. I want to know the logistics of how they, how Jigsaw got those people to hold, like wake up, like holding the monkey bars, and like have this explained yeah. to them. It's like it's like wait, I have to start seventy five lawnmowers. Like don't wake yeah. up, don't get, keep your eyes they closed. Don't, yeah. don't look, <laughs> <laughs> don't look. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was her and her abusive boyfriend or whatever, and she uh, slaps him and he falls into the uh, blades. Yeah, gets and then up. we see the woman from the beginning of Saw Six who had to chop mm-hmm. her arm off. Tanedra Howard. Flesh. Yes. The winner of Scream Queens season one. That's right. Yeah. And we're also going to see the winner of uh, Scream Queens season two in this movie. <gasps> cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll point it out when we get there. Um, yeah. So at this same time, uh, or excuse me, at the end of this uh, session, Bobby Darren is... Dagan, mm-hmm. Bobby Darren. <laughs> uh, Dagan is like really hamming it up. We see Dr. Gordon is there. He does this like slow clap from the corner. <laughs> so it's it's a really great reveal. And then we don't see him again until the end of the movie. Yeah, he's like, I'm. we're all so happy to be part of your DVD special features. <laughs> yeah, he's being a little bit of a bitch. He's being cheeky, a little, yeah, a little cunty. <laughs> I'm sure I speak for everyone here when I say how grateful we are to be part of your promotional DVD. So uh, then we cut back to the cop storyline where Jill is talking to a new detective. Thank (laughs) God they have replacements on deck for all of the cops, special agents and investigators that have died up until now. Uh, played by the uh, the guy that died in Final Destination One in the bathtub. I was gonna say he's the yeah he's the friend who yeah hangs himself but not really the guy who talks a lot about uh, taking a shit at the beginning of that oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he unfortunately turns in an unbearably bad performance oh, in this. He's it's so he's, bad. He's terrible. In There's this a movie. moment where he's got like Jill in a safe house. 
I think it's soon after this where they're deciding what to do. That's and he's like, was... Jill, it's a safe house. It's safe. It's a safe house. It's a safe house. And then he takes two steps out the door and another agent comes in and he's like, Jigsaw sent this to Jill. He knows where she is. And he's like, <laughs> God damn it. Get comfy. What makes you think you can't find me here? Jill, it's a safe house. Safe house. Safe house. You get it? Gibson, this was sent here, addressed to Jill. Hoffman knows our location. God damn it. God damn it! What? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. He's so bad. Yeah, his delivery is really, really bad. It's really... (laughs) It's it's painful. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch. Um, So he's obviously very skeptical of Jill. And uh, we get at about this same time... The uh, maybe one of the better kills in this movie, I think. Or no, wait. Do we get the uh, the horsepower trap here? Yes, we do. The horse. Oh, is that? The oh, one I think we skipped by it. It's before the. Uh, it's before the folk. The uh, the survivors group. Oh my god, my brain is mush. It's what? been too long. We've seen too many of these movies. Is the horsepower the, trap is. Is that the one with Chester Bennington? It sure is. Okay, this is. I wrote down like this is the most Rube Goldberg machine trap yet. It's, it's a complicated one. Well, since you have notes, uh, <laughs> do you want to describe what we see here? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's it, they're limited notes, but it's a... There's a guy seated in a car. He's glued to the seat. The car is hoisted above a bod, another person, one of his friends, underneath the tires. It's very precariously above her head. There's a guy behind the car that's got a chain hooked up to through his jaw as well as i think his arms yes yeah and then in front of the car is some just guy chained up to the <laughs> the, the door. garage door <laughs> yeah not really hooked into anything and so i forget the guy's name but it's chester bennington yep. from Lincoln park and we learned from the uh eight track tape that saw has put in the car that uh, he's he's player. a racist Yes, they're all racists. All, they're all, all four are, of them are racists, and he must uh, pry himself from the or rip himself from the seat that his skin is glued to to grab a lever to stop the, I guess, motor or yeah. whatever is because when the, the time, motor starts yeah. going and the wheels, the back are tires are like yeah, revving up, up in the air, and if he doesn't pull the lever, it will the the car will fall on top of his friend, zoom forward, yank the arms and jaw off of the guy behind, and then just plow through the guy in front. And we know... And then he... Because he's not wearing a seatbelt, I guess, he's going to be ejected from the car. But Which is Maybe not, yeah, not <laughs> the intention, but it happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So he obviously isn't able to pull the lever and all that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this scene a lot. It's, I do I mean, too. It's, it's, it's nasty. gross. There's some really gross skin it's stuff a, that they do. Yeah, him peeling himself off that seat is yeah, it's disgusting, nasty, and it's just it's such a good use of like a professional screamer. Like his yelling and yes. screaming in it is so good because like he knows how to do that. He knew how to do that. He was even the maybe you caught this in the 
some of the commentary, but the producers were talking about him being one of the few people that didn't lose their voice during production. Oh, I'm probably because he has proper training on how to how exactly to do that what without they say. actually damaging your, your vocal yeah, cords. Yeah, because the uh, the actress that's in the first trap, the one that gets cut in half when the yeah in the bros before hose trap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> apparently they had to go back and like loop uh, some of her recordings oh, over it because you know, it, she was up there for sound like hours. That. Yeah, the uh, the racist that was under the car who gets her entire <laughs> squished. face squished. Uh, that's the Scream Queens winner. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's not as good of a role as she got in the the first or in the last movie, which was a little yeah. disappointing because she's she's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tanedra Howard Howard was yeah. uh, great in that one. Um, so then we get to. Uh, I think this is sort of maybe where Detective Gibson is Gibson, setting right. Jill up in the safe house. Or is there something that happens before that? Because we do the it's the, the group trap and then the group survivor meeting. And then we get to we get to one thing before that, which is the introduction of the main trial of this oh, movie. Yes. So it's Bobby yeah. Dagan. He wakes up in what's called the, I believe it's called the suspended cage. It's one of the uh, stupidest traps in this entire franchise where he's just kind of in a cage and like below him are kind of some pointy things and he swings the cage back and forth and then just like jumps out of it. Yeah. That's it. Not exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And then we get a flashback to him like uh, drunk at a local bar seeing a woman... uh, on the news say that she survived saw mm-hmm. this is maybe and he's his, like i could lie about this yeah he gets for the money seed of idea <laughs> an idea to like and you know it's a yeah. flashback because of something this franchise does over and over again which is he's got long hair he's got very stupid long hair uh-huh. <laughs> he looks more adolescent <laughs> uh then we get the the gibson scene where he's sitting okay, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> Where he like he like waves like a what is it? Does he wave the reverse bear trap in her face? And he's like, it's got your fingerprints all over it. Something like that. Yeah, like this shit. It's all your fingerprints on it. And that yeah, like you said, like the cop shows up with the DVD for <laughs> for Jill, <Yeah. laughs> and they're like, oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Jigsaw knows that she's here. So uh, good job, everyone involved yeah. uh, in protecting this woman. And uh, it's gonna get worse from there. So. Cut back to the main trial again here, and we get uh, maybe one of the cruelest traps. Is this the it, shut up? Yeah. Shh, don't shut up. <laughs> don't don't talk. Don't make any fucking noise. Just fucking shut up. Why couldn't you shut your fucking mouth? You shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, this one's... This trap is called the silence circle. So this is uh, the people that are being punished in this one. These are all people that worked for Bobby to like uh, profit off of him lying about being a participant in mm-hmm. Jigsaw's funny little games. So in this one, uh, his publicist is in a straitjacket in a chair uh, and she's got a string coming out of her mouth and like four very sharp pipes pointed at her throat. So this one's a little bit more complicated maybe than it needs to be. Yeah. But the idea here is that uh, the key to get her out of there is uh, in her stomach, tied to the string that's coming out of her mouth. 
But the other thing is not only is a key tied to that string in her stomach, a fish hook is. Attached to a fish hook. And he has to pull it out of her. And if she makes noise, then these four sharp spikes are going to get closer to her throat until time runs out. Yeah, Jigsaw's like, anything above a whisper. Above a whisper. Above a whisper. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think this is one of the best traps in the franchise. It's so disgusting. It's nasty. It's, I think we all can imagine just a fish hook in any part of us. I mean, I've gone fishing with my dad. I've put worms on hooks and I've accidentally kind of poked myself with it. And even just the fear of bringing the the line back and casting it out, you could hook it with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but then the idea of it being all the way down inside. Oh, and he pulls it. He's pulling it so, so hard. hard. And then he's just yelling like, at her for screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what else is she going to fucking do in that situation? It's like, so funny how mad oh, he gets at her. He's so mad. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you put her there. Yeah. I and mean, you didn't, but, you know. And I love that when it finally comes out, like, there's, like, little, like, chunks little bit of flesh attached on to it. it. And it, like, hits her in the face a He's little gotta, bit. He's got to, like, pull, so it, pull the key off of the hook with the flesh. Yeah. It's, like, uh, like this franchise does have, like, I think intentionally humorous moments in it. I, I mean, I don't know if that's always the case. Maybe mm-hmm. a lot of that comes out in the editing. But when he pulls that fish hook out and like her chunks of esophagus like uh-huh. kind of slap her on the face like a piece of bologna i thought yeah. that was pretty funny <laughs> uh so he doesn't he he doesn't get the uh the lock undone in time and all four of these spikes kind of in kind of a little bit of a crummy looking yeah. digital effect kind of go into her throat uh, and she, she dies bleeds out uh, and then he looks at her and says uh why wouldn't you just shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> Shut the fuck up! It's like, man, she's already dead. She's already dead, dude. So, God, let's truck along here. Uh, We get the absolute funniest moment in this entire franchise right after this. Is it where we see Jigsaw come in line for a book? He's got the uh, Steve Buscemi, how do you do, fellow kids, outfit on with a backwards hat. He's at a book signing for Bobby Dagan. And he's, yeah, he's got a zip-up hoodie and a backwards baseball cap on. And it looks so fucking crummy. It's It's, so silly. It's so funny, dude. I'm like, what is the point of this? Is it trying to make him look younger? Or is it trying to just sort of be like he, like Jigsaw's just sort of, you know, keeping a low profile. That's what he would do. He'd wear backwards Incognitous, cap. It's like, it's yeah. like a fitted cap too. It's not even a snapback. It's no like <laughs> specifically his sized cap. <laughs> and I believe, uh, at, at this point in time, uh, Tobin Bell is 70 years old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like not exaggerating. I think that's yeah, pretty close. Yeah. I think he's about 70 years old. Yeah. Uh, also, the the design, the book cover jacket design for his book, Survive, is so fucking boring looking. I'm like, <laughs> isn't I it just some, a photo of him? Yeah, it's just a photo of him with the like Survive, you know, acronym S-U-R-V-I-V-E. or whatever. And I'm like, this book needs some fucking blood spatter on it, man. Like, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. We're already like shilling this bullshit. 
So then we uh, get a little bit about Detective Gibson analyzing a video from Hoffman. Hoffman's trying to get oh, Jill. Yeah. Hoffman is like taunting Gibson. He keeps sending videos to him saying, like, yeah. give me Jill give or I'll keep Jill. killing people. And he's like, no, never. Uh, then we get the next trap, which is uh, Bobby's lawyer. The impalement wheel, which uh, starts with one of the only jump scares in this franchise. I was going to say, this is the most dramatic entrance that Billy has ever <laughs> had. so funny. He just swings in on one of those cages that he, that Billy Bobby, uh-huh. Billy Bobby Booby. Uh, Billy Bobby Booby. <laughs> Bobby broke out of in the first movie. one. He swings in that cage into breaks a window or something. It's just like, oh, whoa. <laughs> it's so good. Just this sudden, like, Kool-Aid man style entrance, like, just like Billy the Puppet crashes through a window. It's like, hello. <laughs> I loved, I loved it. I loved it. So fun. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, this trap is stupid as well. <laughs> this one is, yeah. This one is like you guys are thinking way too hard. You're yeah, some weird yeah. like a la- too many elaborate design choices that it's like, wh- why is she on this wheel like this? Why is it situated? Why is it moving so, like that? So she's strapped basically to like a backboard and she's rotating forward. And uh, three spiky things are going to go into her eyes and mouth, uh, which they do because he doesn't yeah. save anyone in this mm-hmm. movie. Nope. Spoiler alert. Uh, and in order to save her, he has to do like one big calf raise on a calf raise machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he it's can't like, do it. <laughs> it's sort of like this combination of like a like a, a big sort of gym equipment. Piece it's literally with, built out of gym equipment with like it looks like one of those. um what are those, those like gyroscope wheel sort of things that you? Oh, like you see at like a burlesque carnival thing. Yeah, <laughs> <Or something>. like, <laughs> yeah. Where they're just sort of like spinning around, standing yeah. in, like... or like in Lawnmower Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're spinning around in one of those gyroscopes. Yeah. Uh, I think they are going for like a see no evil, speak no evil kind of thing in this. Gotcha. And right. also, I think with this one, the. Uh, that the things going into her eyes is a very tantalizing thing to do in 3d. Mm, yeah. Cause I think we, yeah, we, we get a shot of them coming towards our eyes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, flashback here. I, uh, detective Gibson, uh, recognizes something from the background in one of Hoffman's videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes there to, uh, thankfully, they're just calling it a flop house, I think. I don't think they say crack house a whole bunch yeah. in this movie or something. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is uh, a little bit more problematic than just using nice words, where uh, Gibson is uh, responding to a call at this location, and he's attacked by a very stereotypical junkie character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who Hoffman then... Uh, Saves him from by committing an extrajudicial murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by just, just murdering around. this guy after yep. he's, like, neutralized. So, Gibson goes to the scene to, like, kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, I, I thought at first he was going alone, which is something throughout this franchise that drives me nuts. He did have backup, it okay, turns out. Yeah. He had a partner with him. Yeah. But I'm like, just like take the whole fucking SWAT right. team with you Trying anytime. Like, don't bullshit. <laughs> don't follow these fucking clues. Um, so we cut back to the next trap where, uh, <laughs> in order to, this is the one that we were promised in part three. 
in order to get to the next room, uh, Bobby has to find the key to the the lock on the door, which is like a it's like a combination lock, or is it like I can't remember if you punch in numbers, it's numbers. Is is this one? Did we skip one? What about the guy on the planks? So I want to say that he oh. has to lead the guy over the planks first, right before. Oh, you're totally right. I am skipping one. He finds his, uh, one of his, like, longtime friends. One of the guys that started the scheme with him. Yeah. Like, when we got the flashback where he has the shitty haircut and he's sitting yeah. at the bar. Yes. Uh, his friend is across the room from him. Mm-hmm. And he's got a noose around his neck, basically. And he's got his eyes blinded. See no evil. Yes. Speak no evil. Mm-hmm. See no evil. There's two seeing ones, I guess. There's, yeah. And he's got to... Uh, <laughs> this one feels like a Legends of the Hidden Temple game. Or yeah, something like that. Or a really advanced um, co-worker team building exercise. <laughs> exactly. It's like a trust <laughs> like, fall, yeah, but you go into to those, a like, pit of needles. Courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Just take another step. It's okay. To the left. So he's got to get him to uh, walk across a series of delicate planks uh, mm-hmm. to get a key to get himself out of this noose uh, or else he's going to fall and get hanged or when time runs out, he's going to get hanged. Yeah. So uh, Bobby gets the key, throws it to him. Tries uh, to throw it to him when he's too far away for that. Yeah. Also, he cannot see. Yeah. So you'd want him to be closer so he could catch it. Yeah. He doesn't. He drops it, which is kind of a nice bit of like drama because he's still got like 10 seconds left before it like hangs him and no one really knows what to say. It's like, uh, Uh, my bad. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oopsie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the next one is the, yes, the next one's the teeth one. Mm -hmm. So he's got a, a, Bobby has to pull out his teeth with a pair of pliers in order to find the combination for the door <laughs> uh, to get to uh, the final room for him. Uh, so <sighs> there's really not a lot going on in this movie, actually. Now that no. we're this far into it, I'm like, wow, we're right. Like, we're like right at the end. I do want to say I actually kind of really loved this teeth pulling one. Yeah. Um, it feels like such a sort of original, more like, personally visceral sort of test from like the re- what is it? not the reverse the the venus flytrap thing where sure. there's something in your body that you have to get out to to free yourself with like the guy digging for his the key behind his eye and this one it's like you have to take out your own teeth it's also the teeth ripping thing is just so nasty and it's so simple it's like there's no yeah like complicated machinery or mechanisms happening it's just literally like here's an x-ray of which teeth Here's the pliers, and here's the door that the combination will let you yeah. through. And it's it's so simple, and it's very it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a, a standout trap, but it did kind of stand out for me in this one of just how the simplicity of it and that it was just so much directed at, like, you versus harming, you know, having to hurt yourself to help someone else. It was sort of, I mean, you he is doing that, but it feels more personally visceral of, like, Oh, yeah yanking my own teeth out. and that's that's something like that speaks to a couple things about the traps that we like throughout this franchise it's like the best ones are the ones that are like simple relatable like the fish hook in the stomach thing is like that's like 
some twine and like a 10 cent fish hook or something mm-hmm. like that. Minus all the, the weird pipes and the sharp yeah, shit yeah, going yeah. into her, but it's for the most part. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. And it's something you can kind of feel unlike the opening trap, like the public execution one where it's yeah. like, you know, a tug of war with these sort of not band saws. We really should have memorized our power say, tools before we started. Because the <laughs> there are so many different types of saws. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, this one is pretty gross. Um, about the same time that he's uh, solving this trap, the SWAT team arrives at the building. They've kind of figured out where he is. Yeah. And the uh, uh, Gibson has gone back to the auto wrecking place. Yeah, where that first big with the group horsepower trap. Yeah, group where all got. the racists got killed. Yeah, uh, part of the reason they keep going back there is because I think they were given a lot of leeway with that building. Totally, because it was going to be demolished, so they were allowed to kind of like blow up yeah. pieces of it at yeah. the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, apparently, like uh, like we talk about like the uh, the turnaround time for making these movies is usually like really tight. Like, yeah. it's like five months or mm-hmm. something like that. But because this one is in 3D, they had to shoot a little bit longer. Totally. Uh, and they were shooting, like, in the dead of winter in, like, Toronto. <laughs> like, in oh, the middle of January. Wow. That's... So all of these outdoor shots, they're, like, freezing to death. <laughs> like, oh they were, uh, yeah, not in a good situation. Uh, so, uh, Gibson... Uh, realizes that uh, the bathroom in the auto wrecking spot uh, had a clue in it and he finds a secret door. Yeah. We'll find out what's behind there in just a second. Uh, But before that, we get the next trap, which is the brazen bull. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. (laughs) So in this setup, it's his, it's Bobby's wife. That's like chained by the neck to the floor of this device that's surrounded by like electri- electrified yeah. wires. Like she's in a velociraptor pen. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. This is one of the most complicated ones in this movie, for sure. And I believe this is a trap that Jigsaw or Hoffman designed. To reflect what Bobby had put in his book. Is that right? Yes. So, yes. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, This trap is designed based on what Bobby had written to his book. And what he has to do... And I'm still a little confused on this one. He... Because he's constantly showing off his pectoral scars throughout this. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that he has to put two big meat hooks through his chest... And then pull himself up by a chain in order to plug in an extension cord that will release his wife from the trap. Yeah. Right? Am I yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two things on this. Uh, she didn't deserve this. She finds nope. out She finds out in this trap that he has that been he's lying. he's been a liar. Yeah. Which sucks. It's <laughs> awful. It's so awful. She didn't do anything. But we know Jigsaw... Uh, Outside of six has no moral code. I mean, even in that, he's still oh, killing yeah. the janitor and the secretary, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but this is maybe one of the moments in this movie that made me laugh the hardest is when he gets he he gets all the way to the top he's like dozens of feet in the air mm-hmm. and right when he's about to successfully plug in the cords both of the hooks rip out of his pecs and he falls all the way onto the concrete floor it was another moment where i was like dude just just you should have pulled that chain like one or two more times before you were trying to grab those cords sure or get a little closer i I mean this is one of the ones where there's so many like plot holes in how it could play out i'm like just hook it into your belt loops yeah and pull yourself up because it's unclear if someone's actually watching them as right this is happening well we actually we actually know he's not being watched because hoffman is as we're going to talk about is very busy <laughs> busy doing other things watching other people but yeah um there's it, it it seems like this especially with a couple of the other design elements of the other traps in this that they had all of these ideas that they wanted to like be able to put on the screen and they like it feels like this one especially this last one it's like you have two different kind of trap ideas that you're wanting to combine to 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 make something interesting and it's just sort of like oh this is it feels random of like this hook thing and then this right. oven essentially that yeah because what in. happens is the the time runs out and then this uh this sort of metal pig like suddenly slams up around her mm-hmm. it's not a bull it's a pig it's a pig uh and she is burned to death yeah apparently this is based off of uh, a real torture device nasty called the brazen bull which the idea was that you would put someone in this like bronze bull or iron bull or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you would set a fire underneath it and the person would get roasted to death yep and it was designed so that their screams would be muffled by the uh, device in the the bull's throat so it would sound like it was like mooing or making cow noises or something like that that's insulting <laughs> yeah it's pretty mean apparently the person that i i and google it don't i i didn't bring my notes with me on this particular trap really but uh, apparently the person that designed it uh, presented it to the king or whatever uh, and to test it out uh the des- the guy that designed it was immediately put into <gasps> it and killed in it <laughs> awful yeah, not a good way to go. Not a good way to go. Uh, so, speaking of uh, not a good way to go, <laughs> the worst booby trap in the franchise. I feel like I've said that like three or four times throughout this like <laughs> series, but holy fucking shit, this is so dumb. So, Gibson and like the SWAT team, uh, they find the secret door at the like salvage shop. Mm-hmm. They realize it's Hoffman's lair. And they find all of his jigsaw stuff and uh, the most nefarious trap of all. A gun. A gun. <laughs> a, big, a really big gun. A really big gun pops up and uh, kills all of them. They ripped this off from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, it is like It's that. literally how, spoiler, sorry, how Walter White gets the rest of those guys at the end of it. So... <sighs> I, I I mean, it's like the least scary thing imaginable it's, in this yeah. movie. I'm like, oh, good. This will be swift. <laughs> yeah. 
so it's about this same time we realize that Hoffman has switched places with one of the bodies from the crime scene, so he pops out of a body bag. I'm still kind of unclear how that worked because apparently there was a he had a good enough dummy of a dead body. No, that was the uh, the white supremacist, the racist that had his jaws, jaw and arms ripped off. But then they Gibson is in his lair and they literally like kick over this dummy. That's him. That's the the guy from that trap. It's a real body. It did not look like a real body to me. Well, it was a fake a body. <laughs> no, but I mean, like I read it as in the movie universe. Like, oh, that was okay. A dummy. It didn't. It didn't sell. No, okay. I was like, well, I don't get yeah. it. So he swapped out this fake dummy with his own body. Okay. So also, it's so the idea is in the middle of this body. movie, Hoffman set off a bomb to distract everyone. Yeah. There's a bomb in this. There's more bombs in this franchise, and then he drags this uh, jawless, armless body back to his lair, dresses it up in his cloak, and puts it in his desk chair. <laughs> and then Hoffman right. climbs into the body bag and no one notices that suddenly there's a body in there that there's weighs like a lot more because it has body. arms and <laughs> into jaw as well. So uh, after everyone's killed with the sentry ta- trap, uh, he pops up in the morgue, stabs the coroner in the throat, uh, who apparently has been like a character like in, in the background since like Saw 4. This is like a coroner that's been in like four different movies. He's never had a line basically. And he just gets his throat cut. It's it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, at the same time, the SWAT team at the, the main Saw trap are all gassed to death. And then Hoffman, in his quest to get Jill, is uh, fucking killing every single he kills every single cop in toronto (laughs) it's like it's so wild it's yeah he kills like 20 people Mm -hmm. like he loves stabbing people he loves it yeah it's Uh, a quiet quiet way to kill someone (laughs) yeah very personal very intimate it is (laughs) uh it, it this part of the movie was kind of driving me nuts because on his way to to get to Jill's cell where she's being held like for protection. It keeps cutting back and forth with the brazen bull yeah. trap. I'm like, it takes like 15 minutes to get through the brazen. Yeah. Bowl. It, oh my God. it was driving me crazy. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so Jill, he gets into her cell. She stabs him in the throat with a nail file. He calls her a bitch. Uh, she runs in a very stupid way again. She sort of runs, yeah, runs like uh, the way Sydney yeah, does in Scary in Movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they parody in Scary yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, so he finally, uh, it's at this moment, basically, where the uh, Bobby's chest hooks rip out. Uh, Jill is caught up to by Hoffman. Hoffman catches up with her. Uh, he bashes her face into a table and says, you, you. fucking cut. <laughs> Each time for emphasis. Yeah, period. You, period, fucking cut, exclamation point. And then he goes to the evidence room and he, uh, he has a nice little uh, artistic moment where he has to decide between which reverse bear trap he wants to use. The old clunky version that we had on Amanda's, Mandy's head, mm-hmm. or the uh, newer one that Jill put him in in the last movie. He chooses the Classico. The classic. Yeah. The original. And uh, holy shit, uh, 
Jill really gets it. Oh, she gets it. I. How did you feel about this moment? Because she gets put in the reverse bear trap. There's a long buildup to it. Her arms are tied to the chair. It's hopeless. You think maybe something's going to happen. She's not going to wake up from a dream this time. Nope. And the trap goes off. How did you feel about this? Finally, uh, after seven movies. I mean, it was great. It was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've been edging us this whole time. So yes, it's just they this, have. Oh! <laughs> it's so um, gross. I do. I kind of wished there was a little bit more because like, especially seeing that first um, like model head just sort of explode. Yeah. Like, I kind of wanted that to where just like you would have like the whole entire, whole entire top, the top of your head ripped would off. flip off. But it still looks so nasty, and we see it rip open like twice. <laughs> they do the, and then again, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we get a nice like good shot of like just the your jaw, her jaw just being ripped open. You were saying it, it reminded you of the like Beetlejuice sort of effect of like <laughs> where Gina Davis kind of like yanks her her stretches her top face and bottom jaw up. Yeah, yeah, yep. And it's yeah, it's nasty. It's dripping blood, and and then Hoffman whispers. In the most, as you said, the most sensual way. Game over. Game over. He's very like, <laughs> it's like he's finally at completion mm-hmm. for this m- mission. Mm-hmm. He's killed every cop in Toronto and Jill. And Jill. A bitch of a wife of Jigsaw. <laughs> it's it, in a way, it's kind of a shame that Jill's character goes out like this because, yeah. like, it's always been really kind of uh, opaque about uh, what her motives were, who she was as a character, yeah. and it, like they never really fulfilled anything with, with what yeah, she, who she was. It was just like she was devoted to John. Yeah, I guess she loved him that much that, yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's Hoffman's story, like yeah. throughout all these. Yeah, I always kind of wanted more from Jill as like a character in this. Me too. Um, Same thing with like yeah. Carrie, like in part was that two or three that she dies? Oh God, she, it's we've, we're too far down oh the road God. here. I can't go back to this. I we have two more movies two. to talk about. We got to get through this. So uh, Hoffman uh, burns his lair. We get one more explosion. And then he's cornered by three pig mask uh, acolytes of Jigsaw. One of them pulls their mask off to reveal it's Dr. Gordon. And then we realize that Jill had given a tape to Dr. Gordon uh, in order to uh, get him to kill Hoffman, basically. Yeah, the tape from Jigsaw basically was like, look, Dr. Gordon, I trust you more than anybody. If anything happens to Jill, this is what I need you to do. And so Hoffman obviously was after Jill. Hoffman kills Jill. Dr. Gordon is aware of it, and he finds him. Yeah, he says, if anything happens to Jill, kill Mm -hmm. Hoffman. Yeah. So it's also revealed, like, finally wrapping up from part one, Saw One, uh, after John closed the door on Adam, he apparently went and sewed up dr gordon Mm -hmm. dr gordon became uh jigsaw's acolyte Mm -hmm. as a thank you and he's been the one this entire time that's doing all the surgeries putting keys behind eyes putting keys in people's sides shit like this (laughs) which is actually kind of a nice way of like closing up some loopholes yeah for sure and then uh yeah hoffman gets closed in the bathroom with the bodies of adam dr gordon's foot Zep and the uh, 
Mr. G. Oh, What's yeah. his name from Saw 2? Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I can't remember his name. Xander. Ale- oh, no. Wait. Xander. No, Xander? No, no. Uh, Xavier. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about this movie overall? I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. There's a lot of stuff about this that makes me frustrated. Because it does sort of... I really get the impression now that, yeah, they were trying to wrap it all up. And there was just so much that they wanted to continue with and sort of, you know, shore up with the storylines. And it's just messy. It's so messy. I don't yeah. mind the um, the sort of main trap guy being this this faker, this poser. I like that idea. Because I, I, I forgot to look it up, but there was that guy that went on like Oprah and a bunch of these daytime talk shows a million little pieces yes he wrote yeah. that book i read that book. that was supposedly a true story and then he has came a tooth out. removed in that without oh that's funny anesthesia <laughs> or he gets a root canal that he was actually lying and he i'm sure there's some stuff in there that is true but there was a lot that was he got invited back on oprah to talk about how he lied too. yeah and she like I th- want to say that she was like scolding of him or something. <laughs> yeah, she was. But you. I think also she was uh, probably a little embarrassed that she didn't do her fucking research. I mean, yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, I kind of liked that aspect of somebody sort of profiting off of, especially that kind of sympathy and empathy from strangers of assuming that you're. It's a very a villainous victim. thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple little uh, closing factoids here before we get on to the next one. Uh, They say in the commentary, uh, the writer's commentary, that uh, a week before they recorded it, a birthday party of young children had gone to see Megamind in 3D in Massachusetts, uh, but instead they played this movie. (laughs) And apparently a similar mistake happened in 2007 when... uh, a group of children went to see the last Mimsy and instead they got to see the opening for the Hills have eyes too. Oh, the, the second, the remake. second of the, of the remakes, uh, uh, that starts with a, uh, if you don't remember a chained naked woman giving birth to like a deformed. Oh baby. yeah. 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 Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a mistake that keeps happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think this is, like, I think we both agree that the the last three in this trilogy of trilogies are not the best. No. Uh, I really wish this had been split up. Apparently, there were ideas about, like, Gordon coming in at the end of the movie, and they were going to set him up for the eighth movie, right. and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I would have preferred that as well. It seemed like they were they were cramming in too many ideas, and... It would have benefited from having the space and time for another movie to explore yeah. those. Yeah, and I wish, uh, like, like with the Detective Carrie, like Jill had finally they had finally decided to do something with those characters. Yeah, like, yeah, rather than just off them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so real quickly here. Oh, excuse me. So, are we good on this movie? Are we yeah. good to move on to Jigsaw? Yep. All right. Here comes that trailer for Jigsaw. Bow! Now the game's simple. Best ones are. 
on the victim? Prison piece. But Jigsaw has been dead for 10 years. It's not him. Can't be. This was on the body. The truth will set you free. of our victim, John Kramer, the jigsaw killer. That's impossible. It's not creepy at all. Jigsaw, the first movie in the franchise not to be produced immediately the year after the previous entry in the Saw franchise. Holy shit. Yeah, how many years after was this? Seven. Seven? Yeah. So... Saw 3D, 2010, Jigsaw, 2017. Pretty wild. Um, They're back down to a $10 million budget. I'll let you do your usual guess here. What do you think it made at the box office? Mm, $180 million. $103. So you're back above $100. (laughs) Yeah, you're back above $100, though. You're on the right side of $100. I think that's the thing throughout this franchise. Like, it's unusual generally Mm -hmm. uh if they get under a hundred million and uh we'll get to that with the next one too uh so this is a bit of an unusual entry in the franchise yeah it's uh the entire thing is filmed more outdoors Mm -hmm. uh we're a little bit unsure throughout the thing whether or not john kramer is somehow still alive Mm -hmm. even though we uh thoroughly saw him die (laughs) (laughs) we saw him get his corpse get cut to pieces in two different movies basically (laughs) Uh, do you want to hit us with the uh, synopsis it has been over a decade since Jigsaw died however after a new series of murders occurs police find themselves chasing after the original Jigsaw killer John Kramer could John Kramer still be alive, or is another killer out there with a different motive? That was also from Rebecca Swain. 
Thank you, Rebecca I think they, Swain. They did the previous one as well. So this movie opens up with kind of an actiony scene. Yeah, like a real straight up action scene where uh, a guy is tearing through the streets of Toronto in his car, mm-hmm. he gets chased on top of a building, and he finds a device that looks like something in the '90s you might trigger a bomb with. Yeah. Uh, so the police uh, shoot him to murder him yeah. to death. Uh, and apparently that device also starts the traps that we see at the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the first trap in this is the, the bucket room. It's <laughs> it's it's not unlike the beginning of part five. It's kind of the same thing where people have right. like chains around their necks, but in this one they also have a bucket on their head. <laughs> <laughs> With just a little eye window. Yeah, for some reason. Well, I guess uh, later on Jigsaw decided to drop the bucket and just use the the chain mechanism right yeah uh and they have to uh they're getting pulled towards a wall of spinning saw blades and they just have to give a sacrifice and they'll be lit out sacrifice of blood (laughs) uh which all of them do one of them it looks like gets pulled into the wall Mm -hmm. and killed but we're Uh, smarter than that yeah we don't. If we don't see them don't die, assume. they're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not dead. Um, overall, uh, how did you like this movie? And did you see it when it came out back in 2017? I don't believe I did. I I definitely have seen this since then, and before this rewatch. Uh, but yeah, I I liked this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. I think this um, one's pretty good. The it's interesting because the aesthetic and just the look of this movie is so different from the previous seven movies that it was sort of hard for me to get into a little bit. Okay, because um, it felt I don't know, it's just a little sleeker. It's a little newer, very sleek. Um, and there is the there, but there is this nice element of there being a lot more outdoor kind of scenes. Um, yeah, because a lot of those first. Saw movies feel very uh, claustrophobic in a way that yeah, because they're all kind of well. I mean, especially inside. They've been kind of breaking out a little bit since the first one, mm-hmm. which is like basically a single room, yeah, yeah, single setting film. Yeah. Um, and the story yeah. in this is just a, a it's a lot easier to follow. Um, yeah, especially with there being, you know, still a twist and sort of perception of what what we're watching. Uh, and what the reality of what's happening is fun, but it's not too, it's just not overwrought. Like, I feel like the last one was just, there's so much that of, of many people's timelines that they're trying to, they're doing way too much together. shit yeah. in, in the last one. It It's out of control. Like this one, I think like we can kind of set up what like the, the main investigative story is uh, kind of asking us to look for. And then kind of burn through the traps and then, mm-hmm. like, close the door on uh, those questions here in this conversation. So, basically, the idea is uh, the police side of the story involves uh, this detective and these forensic investigators being confused about bodies showing up around the city that match the M.O. of the Jigsaw Killer. They mm-hmm. even have the puzzle pieces cut out of them. The puzzle pieces are back in yes. this one. Some of the movies don't bother with that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in this one. And they they have this big question about, one, whether or not John Kramer is somehow still alive. 
and two, whether or not one of these forensic investigators is actually carrying on Jigsaw's work. Yes. Okay. Because they also, yeah, throughout these, finding these bodies of these people that have died in very, very Jigsaw-esque ways. Jigsaw-y. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they start to find Jigsaw's fingerprints as well as DNA. Uh, in these scenes, and so it's see after Strom, like <laughs> after great, Strom great. was falsely accused, we should know better. We should know better, because by this time, uh, like you know that uh, Hoffman has been like firmly established as like he's doing John Kramer's work. Mm-hmm. We know everyone should know that he framed Strom, so like any assumptions should be basically out the window yeah like but that's fine yeah yeah. i want the i want the confusion there i want the mystery and i want people to fuck up and uh get killed in very elaborate ways which is what i get so back to the uh our main five here in these traps uh we realize that they're all like in this situation because they've all done something that causes caused the death of another person or they've Mm -hmm murdered someone or something like this. Uh, So we get to the second trap, which is called uh, chain hangers. (laughs) 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 I believe. (laughs) It's just one of the sillier names since uh, ceiling jars. Yeah. Thank you, Jigsaw Wiki. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the idea is that uh, they get pulled into the next, like they're in a barn, Mm -hmm. we realize. And after they get through the the saw wall, they're like about to get pulled up to the ceiling and hanged. Unless, as Billy the Puppet says, uh, they inject one of them with the antidote to a poison coursing through her veins. Mm -hmm. And there's numbers and little clues on each of the vials. Uh, one of the vials is just saline solution, and the other one is like an acid. Yeah, uh, I I kind of love I kind of love this trap. Like I I mean I love the way it's resolved. It's yeah. like it's pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a flashy one, and we generally like the more simplistic ones. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other characters is like like screaming at this person who they know is supposed to be the one to pick one of those needles and inject yeah. herself with it. He's like, just fucking pick it, or I'll fucking do it for you yeah uh at the end of it he grabs all three and jams it into her neck yeah, it's it, it's it's a great resolution oh, it, it's, yeah it's great <laughs> this because the sequence the sequence we learned that the woman who gets stabbed with all these needles was a was desperate and robbed a woman of her purse the woman chases after her ends up having an asthma attack because surprise surprise she has her inhaler in the, in purse. the purse yeah and then instead of ho- helping the woman she just runs and leaves and then we find out later that all that she got out of that purse was $3.53. And that was one of the numbers on one of the vials because they're each numbered with something weird. And Billy or Jigsaw or whatever is like, you know, one of these numbers mean anything to you? And she says it out loud. What does a life mean to you? Yeah. $3.53. She figures and it no out immediately. <laughs> and no one else hears her. Although she should have said something. It's this one. It's this one. Well, I, that's the other thing but too. She says her, it out loud. Like, I didn't get that about the the writing and the direction here. It's like she, I mean, she needs to die. Of course, someone needs to die. Yeah. They're like picking people off yeah. throughout each of these. But uh, I, I would have just taken out the the scene where she basically solves the 
trap like right up front. Yeah. Because she refuses to pick. I mean, yeah, she does. But I do kind of like it because she says it out loud and the guy ignores her and doesn't even care. And then they're in that frantic moment where they're starting to be. Ryan. Yeah. uh, Strung up by the chains. And then he just launches all three of them into her neck. So we have have (laughs) another character here that's kind of like Xavier in part two, who is Ryan. I mean, he's a little bit less of a menace. Oh, man. I was going to say he feels more like Jeff from part three he kind of looks like jeff he looks like jeff he kind of <laughs> behaves to me like jeff just this sort of just like, he's not Ugh. as like checked out no but him. he's very much just sort of like yeah i don't know he just he's also he he's also in a nice way he's a lot funnier like like this scene yeah. has like proper like this scene in particular has like proper jokes in it yeah i did kind of and a groan. fun little jump scare actually i kind of groaned at the uh the part where billy the puppet comes biking out and he just goes that's not creepy and i'm just like oh, i like oh, that God. Oh, i thought it was so stupid I'm it's like, so corny dude shut up but it's a reboot so people haven't seen him for seven years so so they gotta purposely be funny in this now yeah they Can't gotta just rely on people laughing whenever they feel well, like and, it and also uh spoilers for the end of this movie here Something that they do resolve in this film uh, is the question of why people don't know who Jigsaw is. Yes. And that's because uh, the one time trickery, time fuckery they do in this movie is revealed that the cop storyline takes place, what, a decade after? Ten years after the the trap storyline that we're watching, so this is essentially what we what we end up watching is the first set of jigsaws traps, yeah, like trial John Kramer's trial trials. traps, yeah, which is wild. Uh, yeah, because we we end up with yeah, we'll we'll get to I guess meeting meeting up with Jigsaw there at the end, but. It it's kind of uh, yeah yeah we'll get to it at the end but they they do a good job of like bringing Kramer John Kramer back in too not, yeah yeah not <laughs> Kramer yeah <laughs> Jerry <laughs> uh, so uh, she gets offed the next sequence uh, they they get to the next room mm-hmm. uh, and there's a big door that says exit painted in red do you think that's the exit no. No, smart. No. You, <laughs> you would have survived this one. Yeah. Because uh, somehow uh, Jigsaw knows that Ryan's going to run to the exit door. Foot falls through the door, uh, or through the floor, mm-hmm. and his uh, shin is immediately ensnared in a bunch of pulleys and wires. Ugh. This is pretty good. Yeah. 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 I also think at this scene, because we do get uh, a video and a tape, I think the video like calls out Ryan specifically mm-hmm. by name. So at the same time that this trap is going on, does that mean that like John Kramer's like recording these videos and like streaming them? I mean, it kind of seems like it. It would have to be something it, like that. It, it feels more like there is someone immediately watching them as these things are happening. Yeah. Um, I do want to say something that I learned that was really cool in the commentary for Jigsaw is that this set of traps is one. They're all all the sets are connected. Oh, or most of them are. 
the bucket room goes into the farmhouse and the farmhouse goes oh, into this next oh, little room that's before the silo. I did see a clip of them going, making the transition from the initial bucket room yeah. into the next room. That's and cool. It's kind of cool. Cause when they go into this, this room where Ryan gets his foot trapped, you can, they, they were talking about like, yeah, you can really see how, how much space we had to work with in this warehouse. Like how, it's like huge. how big we had this set and, they were able to, yeah, uh, like just line them up one into the, the next. I know that one of the ideas that they were working with throughout this movie, uh, the writing of this movie, was that it was going to take place entirely outside the traps. Oh, interesting. But they ended up moving it to this barn setting, which I don't mind. Like, it feels yeah. really spacious and nice. Like, Yeah, I mean, totally. All the other settings outside of, like, the trap sequence stuff is, I mean, it's a brush of... A a brush of fresher. <laughs> we get to see trees. It's the yeah. first Saw movie yeah. with like trees in it. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment where Ryan is looking out a window and it's just like a field. Like there's somewhere out in the country at this farmhouse. Yes. And it's like, yeah. oh, I kind of wish we had seen maybe some more of the outside set of that. But oh, well. Oh, well. So we get to the next trap, which uh, is the... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we get through. Well, excuse me. the The leg wires trap leads to the silo trap. Mm-hmm. So we've got three characters left. Our comic relief one has his leg trapped. The two others go into a big old grain silo together. Mm-hmm. Door closes behind him. Grain starts pouring in. Yep. And then after that, blades, knives, nails start falling down on them as they're like buried up to their armpits. This was good. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked it. It's fun. <laughs> so their only way out is if the guy, if, if Ryan in the leg trap like pulls a lever and he knows that lever is going to cut his leg off yeah. in three pieces. Jigsaw says, pull the lever and free yourself. Yeah. It's I like, mean, yep, just it's going to free like, oh, by cutting you loose. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I, I kind of loved this sequence. I, I really like this trap overall, even if it doesn't make sense that he knows that Ryan was going to step That's on exactly right. that board. Did it was going to be know? exactly, that There's was exactly the place where the tape's there. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's so silly. Uh, but it looks great. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. it really does. It's it fun. really does. And this movie's directed by the Spearig brothers. Uh, I, I can't remember what what else that they've they've directed, but they were brought in just for this movie, and it's really the only one they've been involved with, which mm-hmm. is kind of unusual. Yeah, like uh, even even Darren Lynn Bowsman comes back for Spiral, which is the next yeah. one. And uh, yeah, this is like these are people that are not involved with the franchise at all up until now. Yeah, uh, but not a bad job. So. Ryan gets them out of there. Cuts his leg into a few pieces. It's only three pieces. It's not so bad. Then we get to uh, the cycle trap. Which is... The spiralizer. The spiralizer. (laughs) Which is like a big bladed cone. And uh, one of our uh, performers, who I believe is uh, related to Mario Van Peebles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mandela Van Peebles, mm-hmm. Mitch, uh, we know from flashbacks at this point that he sold a motorcycle with faulty brakes to John Kramer's nephew. Yeah. That's a weird it's, connection. Yeah, that was right. not necessary. Like, ah. <laughs> right. Because like the other couple characters, like that woman that was robbed that died of an asthma attack wasn't like John Kramer's sister or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, yeah. the woman that we learned that 
lied about her husband rolling over onto the baby because she actually shook the baby because she was right insane right like that wasn't oh well that it will actually no i apologize they were connected that was john's neighbor oh right that's right that's how yeah that one was one of the rare times where you actually get an explanation for how John Kramer can know something that he didn't know. Exactly. So apparently exactly. he uh, watched her shake this baby to death and then or like did heard, nothing. Or <laughs> like he, he, like hearing the screams and the arguments and then hearing the baby crying and uh, look, maybe he did see her. I don't know. Like, no fault to John. He's got cancer. We all process that in. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting ways. Sometimes you kill dozens of people. Yeah. And yeah. train half a dozen others to kill dozens more. Resulting in the death of the entire Toronto Police Department. I guess so. <laughs> but so, yeah, this guy is in the spiralizer because he sold a faulty bike to John Kramer's nephew. And then it's a big old blender, basically. Yeah. So he's getting lowered through it and he's got to reach the... Uh, it's being powered by the bike that he sold to John Kramer's nephew. Mm-hmm. And he's got to reach down and pull the brake... Uh, before he gets cut into a million pieces, which, uh, of course, he ends up getting cut yeah. into a million pieces. Well, there was a moment where the, the other woman that there... I really there, like this moment. And she throws the bar and the She puts the a spokes. piece of rebar yeah. through the spokes. The, the shit stops. And I, I screamed, grab it, like, 30 times. 30 times. Grab the, the brake. Grab it. Grab it. Because it was stopped and the guy's just sitting there like, oh, cool. Yeah. Whoa. And just sitting, not doing anything, <laughs> not doing anything. I'm like, this is a moment in the instant. Grab it. There you go. Grab it. 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 And he doesn't grab it. So it nope. turns back on because the rebar doesn't hold. And then he just gets sliced. I did like the moment where he gets shot out at the bottom and Ryan is sitting over on the hay bales, like delirious. And he looks over and then he does a double take and he just goes, Wah! <laughs> yeah, it's I so mean that's gross. what he's for. He, he, he's there for those little comedic beats. Yeah, like it. That it, was a good, one. pretty good. The other yeah. shit was too. And and I like that uh, in this one you get a moment where someone might actually f- outsmart the trap. Like yeah. like they may have figured it out. Yeah, uh, which is kind of nice. Like I wish like overall the franchise had a little bit more room for that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that, I guess, would kind of undermine the, like, inescapable doom and gloom of uh, yeah, Jigsaw's justice. Yeah, because if they're like, oh, well, if they do find a way to get out of this one, how can we counter that and be like, well, actually, they can't get out of it this way because we've, we've guaranteed that there's a mechanism that, you know, will respond to that. Well, you've said before, Jigsaw's really good at game theory. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he just knows that people will do what he wants them to do. Yeah. So and then there were two. Yes. So on this pig farm at this point, our last two characters arrive at a cow milking room for some reason. Is that the room they're in? They're in yeah. a cow milking room? Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have to use the milking. No, but equipment. I'm still like, Ugh. I didn't know it was a thing. And the big reveal is uh, John Kramer is there. Yeah. He uh, pulls off his hood and he's got this excellent like goatee. He's like, got his, is his hair bleached in this? It looks very white. His hair. I, I lose track blonde, of his hairstyles a little white. bit. 
Okay. So we know that this is before... So he shaved his goatee and his head before the events of Saw 1. Yeah, he must have. But then he grew him back for the events of Saw 3. I'm going to have to create a new page in my Saw timeline spreadsheet. Just, just for hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> just for hair. Uh and anyway, he's he's chained both of them on the opposite sides of the room, and the idea is uh, he shows them a shotgun shell and a shotgun, and he's like, "You're the, the key, key to your freedom, your salvation, or whatever it is." Mm-hmm. And he leaves, and they're both like, "Oh my god, we have to shoot each we other." We have to, he wants us to shoot each other. So she, uh, Anna gets really gung-ho about surviving and uh, she loads the shotgun shell into the shotgun and Ryan's like, no, don't do it. You're stupid. And yeah, he, he remembers <laughs> some key words that Jigsaw said to him. Key words. Key words. Backwards. You've got it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He says something about your backwards. instincts being backwards here. Uh, so she pulls the trigger and the gun backfires and uh, blows her fucking brains out. Mm-hmm. But it also destroys one of at least one of the keys entirely. His because key. It was revealed that the keys were inside the shotgun. The shells. shit that Jigsaw was fussing with as he's like talking to them is him like putting together that, or I guess he had already packed the the shell casing. But he was yeah, like, we see that in a flashback. Up the the gun sort of thing and. It's so funny to me that like how many of these sequences where he's like, look at this. Yeah. This is a joke. Like, look at this. Do you get it? Look. Do you get it? Look. (laughs) The key to your salvation is in here. It's like that, that, like, Zoolander moment. The the files are in the computer. (laughs) Sure. Smash open the computer. Uh, So they're both entombed. uh, And they die there. Yes. Uh, Kind of a good ending for the 10 years ago story. Yeah. Very bleak. Who knew that the uh, the shithead comedic relief guy had actually a chance of getting out of there? He was pretty close. Mm-hmm. He was pretty he was close. So close. He was the only person that uh, ended up making a self-sacrifice throughout these trials, actually. Yeah. 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 And then we cut forward to the police story. Oh, boy. So let's just let's just say it. Uh the two forensic experts <laughs> are like back and forth getting blamed for they're back and forth. They're suspected for being the new jigsaw killer. Yeah. Uh, Logan, uh, not rather than Eleanor, the two experts uh, fingers, uh, the detective uh, Keith Hunt. No, wait, not Keith Hunt. Halloran. Halloran. No, yes. not Halloran. That's the old one. Oh, no, wait, that's this one. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Uh, Detective Halloran, played by Callum Keith Rennie, who plays Dodd in uh, Memento. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Natalie, right? Who the fuck is Dodd? (laughs) Uh, And at the end of uh, our present day storyline, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Halloran... (laughs) And Logan end up chained in two collars across from each other in the same milking room. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, the premise of their game is they have to confess their sins or else this series of lasers that are shooting up from the colors are going to yeah, come like down the and slice their collar, heads. But with lasers. It's so wild to me that this series introduces lasers. I'm right. I'm, they're doing the, the Fast and Furious thing where suddenly it's like just, just yeah. the highest tech kind of shit that they're working with. Um, it's I, so funny. I do want to say there's a fun bit in here where they're trying to get us to believe that it's Eleanor, the other forensic uh, coroner or whatever. Right. Who is um, a, a fan of she's Jigsaw. She's a literal red hair ring. Oh, she's a redhead. She's got red hair. And she's a huge fan of Jigsaw to the point where she's recreated all of his like traps in her yeah. own like workspace. She has like the angel trap mm-hmm. she has the, the spiralizer she's got the spiralizer which is supposedly a trap that no one never been seen. discovered but she i'm like okay so wait how did she get those plans somehow she probably saw the jigsaw drawings and sketches from the police files this is yeah that's right. really confusing. i'm i'm like waiting too far in the weeds or whatever they say because this was. barn was uh jill tuck's yes family farm yeah so, okay, let's just say it now. Logan did it. Logan did it. <laughs> Logan is the one. Logan's got a fake laser collar. He's got a just fake laser collar. Laser light. Uh, fake blood uh, capsules yeah. in the collar. So, uh, Detective Halloran sees uh, Logan apparently get killed and by this collar, and then his body is released. And then uh, it, it, Halloran... Uh, confesses that he's a corrupt cop mm-hmm. like all cops yep and he uh says that he put all these innocent people in jail and killed all these people and his lasers briefly turn off uh-huh. and then a, i love this moment because he it's has this good. great moment where he's like looking up at the ceiling above him where the lasers were just eating away at the cement ceiling yeah and then he kind of looks lowers his head a little towards the ceiling where Logan was standing and he sees that there's nothing. It's, it's really there's well no marked. It, and it's then, a well edited moment. Yeah. And then we it, see him. Kevin Greutert is rise up. the editor of this one again. Like, like Jigsaw in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Logan gets off the floor. We realize that it's fake. He's and like, then showmanship. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little flair to this. I mean, mm-hmm. because at the point where you've already got, I mean, he's using fucking lasers. <laughs> Lasers, uh, fake uh, like blood squibs, all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, at the point where you've already got Detective Halloran like trapped in the collar, like what's the what's the point of even going through this rigmarole? Yeah, just just because just want him to like, <laughs> shit himself a little bit more before he dies. Yeah. So briefly, uh, Halloran's collar turns off uh, and then turns back on again, and the lasers start cinching in and in and in. Uh, Logan actually has a pretty good line there uh, where he says, uh, what is it, uh, scream or don't. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then he walks away. And then what the, one of the, maybe one of the best money shots in this entire franchise. Especially like VFX kind of stuff. Oh, it's so Because like, it's, it's not so practical satisfying. at all, but it looks so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've had our like quibbles in the past with like when they use digital stuff, like mm-hmm. even in the, the Circle of Silence or whatever it is that we, yeah. we were talking about in the last one. And like in part five with like the, the decapitation looking a little yeah, yeah. off mm-hmm. uh, that takes you out of it. And this one was just like full 
jackpot payoff for me worked so well so like all of these lasters cinch in and like slice through his head like they're like a little cake like like a little cake like Like a a a fucking blooming (laughs) onion yeah and then you watch his head like all of these six eight slices just fall apart Uh like down to his neck and blood spurts out it's so good (laughs) yeah they were the producers on the track the commentary track were saying like yeah we wanted to like have this like blooming flower moment of his head where just like the petals opened up god (laughs) it's it's amazing it's amazing so we should also say that uh part of this reveal is logan Right. Was the guy in the first trap that we saw from 10 years ago. All the way back. We go all the way back. And he was drugged too much. Too much. Uh, by John Kramer. So fair he, shake. Yeah. So as he was getting pulled into the saw blades, which we didn't see what happened there, uh, Kramer, John Kramer comes in. <laughs> Jerry! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa. Oh, Jerry, uh, too much. Once you get those saw blades going, it's wolf. <laughs> uh, John Kramer pulls him out. Uh, I want to see the entire franchise again, but just AI replacing John Kramer with Kramer. With Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, John uh, is like, well, this isn't fair, which like, nah, like okay buddy <laughs> right like, you are really picking and choosing aren't you <laughs> and he uh pulls him out of the trap and makes him one of his acolytes which is uh kind of interesting that he would immediately become one of john's acolytes after having experienced nothing of john's tutelage or yeah. uh, his lessons he's just like I think thanks man it is this idea that logan is oh. a vet a, an, an afghanistan war vet Yes. And he has, like, a lot of PTSD. It also, I think, accounts for why he's kind of, you know, not in the storyline for part of these movies of, like, oh, yeah, he he was the doctor that accidentally switched the wrong x-rays so that Kramer's brain tumor was, you know, found too late. But then at that point, I think he probably was shipped off to Afghanistan. So he was not really around because i would imagine that kramer would have immediately put him into well i guess he did well he yeah he did like because he he he's the one that like you said he mixed up the the labels on his uh his x-rays right? yeah and we know he put dr gordon to that trap as well mm-hmm. and uh yeah um there's a yeah. window of time where logan is not really around and i I think that is because he's over. He's supposedly over in Afghanistan fighting because they use the scars on his back that we see to sort of indicate like, Oh, he was, what was the city they mentioned? It's Fallujah. Yeah, I think so. And, um, and so we assume that those scars on his back are from his fighting. Right. And then we learn that it's not, it's from the Buckethead challenge. The Buckethead. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> Buckethead challenge to raise money for Lou Gehrig's, Gehrig's disease. Uh, yeah, I Logan as a saw acolyte. Uh, I don't like it. Me either. I I, I, I didn't, didn't like I didn't that. particularly like particularly like him. I I thought his performance was okay as an actor. It was okay. There's a little. Uh, he's a little hammy in some parts just like too much 
Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And he's also working too hard throughout the movie to like throw people off his scent where it's kind of like, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's like you, right? You did it's it. It's gotta be. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, th- but that's the other kind of wild thing about this is uh, there are two trials going on at the same time or not at the same time, mm-hmm. 10 years apart. And the bodies that are oh, being yeah. found around the city are from a trial we never see. We never see. We never meet them. We yeah. kind of vaguely do when, yeah. Yeah, we but Logan's reveal. putting people through the exact same traps that we're seeing in the past yeah, in flashback in. in the present day. Yes. <sighs> okay, fine. I like Whatever. that. I mean, like, it's, I didn't mind it's, that. it's not a bad, like, sort of deception of, of the reality of what we're seeing. Because I was even watching this with my roommate... And he had seen it before, but he kind of forgot. And he was just sort of like, well, wait, is Jigsaw dead? I thought Jigsaw was dead. And I was like, well, yeah, he is. And then he was like, but but what's happening? What's this? And I was just sort of like, well, these movies are really, they really like to show you something and not tell you that maybe it's not happening when you think it's happening. And he was like, what? And I was like, so that happened 10. I like laid it out for him. Like, this <laughs> yeah. happened 10 years ago. This is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's fun because it's really simple. It's not too convoluted of like who's past or who's. No, it's when it, it's happening. It's pretty straightforward once they once they lay it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not something that you to. It, it's not something you have to like connect with like flashbacks to like three four five yeah one two six (laughs) seven (laughs) well what was great about in the last movie the saw 3d not great it was i'm using that sarcastically uh there's the sequence where jill dies and jill gets her flashbacks of like her life flashing before her eyes (laughs) and then we come out and we get you know carrie elwes of like oh dr gordon and then we get another flashback series of all of his things that he was just like flashback (laughs) after flashback yeah you get to see every major moment throughout the franchise with this character that we're now being told is also there yeah and i feel like this it seemed like they kind of reined in the flashbacks a little bit better with this one where it was they they put him in places where it was needed and then we also like we we didn't know that we were maybe in some flashbacks when they were happening. So let's uh, let's wrap this up and get on to the last one here. Hell yeah! Uh, a couple of notes I've highlighted here is uh, from the special features in the commentary is that uh, uh, they deliberately wanted to reduce the gore in this one. Yeah, which y- y- you can tell, except for like one really great like practical like body prosthetic thing yeah someone has their head cleaved off from like the corner of their mouth back to above their ears bucket head victim uh it looks fucking awesome it's nasty it's so gross um uh, one of the other notes from the special feature called i speak for the dead colon oh yeah jigsaw the legacy of jigsaw was that a tobin bell described the original saw script as having a quote waiting for Godot feeling. I, I caught that. And I was like, <laughs> I need to watch this movie again. Cause I, what, yes, what is he talking totally about? Totally not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so Maybe funny. He's making a joke of just sort of like, you're waiting for jigsaw to waiting for jigsaw out of the middle of the floor. Thank you. My, a cat sweetie has joined us here on laying on my notes. Mm. 
Um, I gotta start bringing them to the studio. <laughs> so there's a moment where uh, one of the uh, the bodies is found hanging under a bridge. Yeah. And apparently, due to the production schedule, they broke down. Apparently, due to the production schedule, they broke down their setup and they moved on to the next scene. And they're like, "Oh, we'll take this down, like at the end of the day, because we." We don't have time right now. We need people for setup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a train came by, a commuter train, like, and people were calling the police. And the police did <gasps> show up because they thought oh, someone had. They hang- saw this body hanging. Yeah, they oh, thought God. someone had hanged themselves. Jeez. Oh, Which uh, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't let people think that they've seen someone uh, hang themselves from under a bridge. Um. Something that I did pick up from the commentary that makes me want to rewatch the entire franchise is that when you see the tapes, right, oh. that say like "Play me on yep. it." Did you catch yes, this too? I got this too. Yeah, it's either black or red yeah, pen, and it's specific to like who is writing those tapes. I thought that was fascinating. Like, I love that. That I, I can't believe I hadn't detail. picked that up. Yeah, yet. me either. Um, I I want to say too that these last like the the billy videos have gotten more hd and like better quality and yes. there was i think in this it's one weird to see him on like one, a flat screen tv i was gonna say in widescreen it's yeah. like there's a widescreen <laughs> yeah. billy video and i'm like oh wow okay we're gonna get him in like a tiktok format in <laughs> <laughs> like saw 10 <laughs> billy the puppet is mobile responsive yeah well the uh the red-haired uh, eleanor bonneville the other what was her name? Uh, uh, coroner escapes at the end. I don't think we know what happens to her. So I'm curious if, Oh yeah. I don't know if we'll even, well, I don't think we will get her in this next one or in the newest one. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it, it's a good question because I did write down something similar for the end of this discussion, but I have one more factoid here and then we can talk about this piece of shit movie that I don't like. (laughs) Cruise through this one. Uh, So just, just two quick things. Um, The original pitch for this movie uh, was that it involved a plot line where everyone gets out of the room or or the traps, uh, Mm -hmm. whoever survives gets out of the traps uh, and they realize that they're on an oil derrick in the middle of the ocean. Ah, and there, there's, there's no way for them to be rescued. We literally brought that up uh, when we were talking about fall. We were thinking of like oh, yeah, where we, we go up, down, sideways, <laughs> and I was like, well, what if they end up on the middle of an oil rig in the ocean that's abandoned? Well, good news, uh, producers that, don't want it. Almost, yeah, they don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there literally is a movie though that's kind of like that out there. I forgot the name of it. But. <laughs> Uh, so also the MPAA had mostly no issue with this movie, (laughs) which is kind of unusual. Uh, and then the last, the, the piece of trivia I've saved for last is that there's a scene where a, uh, a, a doctor, a, a forensic, whatever, uh, does a DNA comparison. There's a DNA comparison scene where two slides are pushed over each other. Yeah. Uh, that actress is the daughter of 
Mehmet Oz, yes, who oh. lost the 2022 U.S. Senate election in Pennsylvania to John Fetterman. Oh I forgot about this. That's Doc Oz's daughter. <laughs> but they, it was funny because the the they were saying that she was really wonderful to work with and that she yeah. did really great. Yeah. And they were like, we'd love to have her back. I'm like, cool, great. Yeah, your great. dad's a fucking freak. Yeah, he is a freak who. Uh, Talks about uh, spending $75 buying the components of a crudité and expecting that to be a relatable oh, thing to that's people in right. Pennsylvania. That's right. He dumbass walking through We're a grocery store. Getting into politics on oh. this show. Uh, Great. Cool. Honestly, that movie was yeah. better than it needed to be. Yeah. It's pretty good. I did um, see in the, the like some of the special or behind the scenes sort of footage that the name on the... Um, what is the the clapper board? Mm-hmm. What is, the, is that what it's called? Yeah, sure. Uh, the name for the what it was called, I think, was originally just going to be unless they were just using this as like a cover name, but it was called Legacy. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they wanted to have a title that would immediately associate it with Saw. I mean, that makes sense. Because Legacy I mean- feels so vague. Especially with a movie like this, they uh, they'll often withhold, and I think they did on the the production for this. They'll withhold the script from right. uh, a lot of the cast, so they don't get the ending, so they don't have leaks, yeah, yeah, things like that. And you might film it or produce it under a different name mm-hmm. to kind of keep that under wraps. Yeah, but I totally. could also see them intending to call it Saw Legacy. I mean, it is kind of a funny pun, leg. Off, see. Uh, leg off, see. Leg off, see. <laughs> That's why I was like, I texted you. I was like, you know what? For the first movie, they really missed out on using the tagline, a game is afoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Should we put a pin in this one? Yeah. All right. Let's hop to Spiral 2021. Do we have that trailer? Do we? No, I'll wait. No. <laughs> okay, I think they've got it. All right. Let's roll that thing. <laughs> this package just came in. Get everybody out of here. Play me. Hello, Detective Banks. Do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw killer was dead. He is. Hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bus! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. It's gonna go sideways fast. All available units, officer down. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. I need everyone on this case. It could be anywhere. It could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're gonna tear this city apart. I'm gonna let spin like a spiral. Hello, Detective Banks. When was the last time you saw your father? Spiral, spiral, spinning round. <laughs> this is the least amount of notes I've taken for a Saw movie so far. Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, let's just say right up front, uh, I do not like this movie. Me either. Yeah. Okay. I wanted Great. to so bad, but... Uh, so, let's get into our film facts here. Since we're arriving at the last entry in the, in the Saw franchise, let's take a moment to reflect on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores here. <laughs> I think it's pretty easy to guess what is number one. Do you want to guess? Well, maybe I should ask you to guess before I say it's so easy and then you get it wrong and it feels insulting or something like that. <laughs> um, I, my instinct is the first one. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Right. The second one, also not very surprising, actually. Saw six. Totally. And then right behind that, it's an exact tie between Saw 2 and Spiral. Isn't that weird? <sighs> Saw 2 is way better than Spiral. Way better than Spiral. It's so much better. Um, so, this came out in 2021. Uh, dear listener, I, uh, if, if you don't know already, uh, Google COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Because I will say that had a little bit of an effect on how this did at the box office. Totally. So this is uh, the highest budget in the franchise and no competition, the lowest box office return. Damn. Um, Do you want to guess them both? Yeah. Okay. So budget. I think the highest we've had so far is 11. And I said it was no contest hire. Okay, so let's do twenty million budget. That's exactly what it was. Uh, amazing. And box office, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eighty-five million. Not not bad. It, it's 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 half of that. <laughs> it only holy shit about forty million. So okay, I mean, I was like, okay, this is definitely under a hundred million. Yeah, they got back. well oh. under. Yeah, wow. well under, well under. Okay, thirty-seven uh, percent of Rotten Tomatoes, forty point six million at the box office. Uh, franchise when, low. What what month did this come out in twenty twenty one? I actually think this was a winter one. I'd have to let me double check here real quick. I just I could see that being like a, the COVID restrictions being like a huge hindrance on, on this having a yeah a, a higher I think box that this office. was uh, pushed back a little bit. Um. 
<laughs> I'm getting a. Oh, it was in May. Yeah. Okay, so, so it had just spring. been a little over a year of being in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if things were sort of being opened back up, then I I could see that just being there. There being trepidation of people wanting to. A hundred percent. Do that. Uh, and I could have seen this movie making maybe a little bit more, but it, again, it's it's just not it's just not good uh, overall. Yeah, unfortunately, it's I mean it's Spiral from the Book of Saw. Yes, so it's you know it's not really gonna give us a lot of the. I mean, it's giving us the traps and that sort of thing, but we're not. We don't have any of the the characters that we know and love in this. No, we don't. It's hard to connect with it. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't do a very good job of resetting the franchise in a way that makes it engaging. Yeah. Like, the implication of Spiral from the Book of Saw is that we're going to get, like, the cult of Saw. Finally, right? Like, like that type of idea was what I was looking for in this. Mm -hmm. But what this kind of maybe not overcorrects on, uh, but what it does is it takes the police procedural elements that have been maybe a little, I mean, not really even suppressed uh, in like seven and eight. Uh, It's certainly a huge part of eight, but it makes that the the core setup of the entire story yeah like this is a police procedural yep movie yep and like there's no central trial for us to go through here it's just a cop story yeah uh and it comes out at a time when uh i mean throughout this movie we'll say that uh it's cops that are being targeted Mm -hmm. so not since part six have we seen people deserve it more yeah (laughs) and then it's also coming out at a time when uh, very justifiable protests were going on around the country. Absolutely. So it seemed like set up for success. At yeah. least it was speaking towards a zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, that was very that important was at the yeah. time. And it's still, well, still important now, yeah. but, but it was a conversation that was being had every day, basically. Yeah. Was that a when, fever pitch? Yeah, absolutely. When this came out. So, oh my fucking god! Uh, this movie opens up with a pretty good trap, uh, where a cop is being hung by his tongue <laughs> in a subway, and he has to jump off a step ladder in order to rip his tongue out and get out of the way of a subway train that's going to run him over. There's like a little bit of a logic. It like feels like it's going to be a logic problem because the voice comes over is like, "Detective, there's a Detective. train heading towards you at 65 miles an hour." Detective. You this have. is Jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Detective Boswick. I want to play a game. The three train is arriving in two minutes. It is up to you to decide if this will be your final stop. <laughs> <laughs> if a train leaves Albuquerque at 175 miles per hour. That type of thing. Yeah. I I thought the Jigsaw voice in this was pretty funny. Uh, but we immediately get to, uh, and if you didn't know, uh, Chris Rock is in the fuck out of this movie. He is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, we get, I and I was like, that was a big question for me when I went to see this. I was like, okay, that's interesting that Chris Rock is in this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see more non-white people like at the yeah. leads of horror movies. 
I was a little bit like, well, like if we're producing more movies that are going to feature non-white people, maybe it shouldn't be non-white people playing cops that yeah that is a huge deal and also i like based on a lot of the conversation that i remember at the time i was like well maybe we should give opportunities to people that aren't like chris rock yeah i'm like he's good i mean not to like slight him or anything personally yeah uh i don't think he's very funny anymore uh, cuz no. the first time we see him in this movie he's doing like Forrest Gump and AIDS jokes. Oh my jokes. god, right? He's there he's it's going so over bad. the how how <laughs> amazing of a movie Forrest Gump is and it's so stupid. He's like Forrest Gump has AIDS. Like, oh my god. Oh my god, uh, get me out of this theater. Like yeah. <laughs> like 10 minutes into this movie. Uh So the entire plot is basically uh Chris Rock and his partner trying to track down who's Killing police officers. Yeah. Well, so Chris Rock's original oh. partner is the guy who dies at the beginning in the subway. Gets he, his tongue ripped. At the last second, he knocks himself off the ladder, but he still gets plowed by the subway car, which is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So before we go much further, I'll I'll take the the heat off you on yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. I'll read the synopsis here from IMDb cool. provided by a user called uh, Leonsgate. Lion, Lion's Gate? Leon's Gate? I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Working in the shadow of his father, an esteemed police veteran, Samuel L. Jackson, brash detective Ezekiel Zeke Banks, Chris Rock, and his rookie partner, Max Minghella, I don't know how to say his name, I'm so sorry, uh, take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Which city? We still don't know. (laughs) Unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. Sure. Fine. Yeah. Uh, More or less, that's right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, My big problem with this movie is there's not enough traps and too many uh, fucking cop stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that's that's what it boils down to. Uh, Chris Rock is fucking terrible in this movie. He's really not good. He's it's he's really bad. A lot of just relying on kind of yelling as like there's the, the the fuck you <laughs> scene in this where yeah. everyone in the like the the police department is like fuck you no fuck you yeah fuck you fuck you and it's like oh my god I'm Ugh. gonna get a fucking migraine from yeah. watching this shit yeah. fuck you no fuck you come on Zeke when all you motherfuckers would treat me like shit. Shoot me in my fucking back. Boz was my friend. Boz played with my kid. We went to fucking games. Fuck me? No. Fuck you. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just uh, it it just makes every possible mistake that you could make for. A Saw movie and like Kevin uh, Groydert who uh, directed Saw X like we've we've talked about in the past where he said in interviews like oh it's a bold choice that for Spiral they chose to not put John Kramer in it mm-hmm. meaning that he was like that was stupid like like he, you shouldn't have done that yeah like Tobin Bell is still an actor yeah and you don't have to spend 20 million dollars on Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson to like get your box office returns like people are going to come back to this people would have come back to this franchise to a certain degree i know yeah, there was a lot yeah. of stuff going on at the time uh to see what we wanted to see 
which yeah. is a bunch of traps in Tobin Bell. It's like it's not. I I don't know why it gets so complicated. Just because like this project fucking started with like Chris Rock running into one of the Lionsgate producers. They think it was like at a wedding and he's like hey i really like saw i'd like to be in a saw movie i was gonna ask like how the fuck did chris rock come about for this yeah so that's how so he asked uh they i would guess doubled from looking at the numbers they doubled the budget to bring him on board probably Mm -hmm. paid him a bunch up front since you i don't know if you really want to sign up for a cut of the box office like at that time yeah uh I, I, i don't know that's me speculating uh, but apparently, like the other storylines that were being developed uh, by uh, Dunstan and Melton, were uh, n- not not utilized uh, for this story, as far as I understand. Well, it just—it's such a disappointing story, especially. Or it was Stolberg and Goldfinger that did this one. Sorry, that wrote this one. Sorry. Right. No, it. I was just gonna say it's. Um the the story was so disappointing of of anticipating something really fun with the cult of jigsaw yeah and i mean it kind of i guess technically is that but we're only dealing with one person from this cult who is targeting one other person you know the people around that person yeah so like we don't we don't really get that sort of feeling of like oh this is a huge cult thing like there are multiple followers. It's just sort of this like, oh no, this is just this one guy who's targeting Chris Rock and Chris Rock's dad, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> They're only sixteen, I think, fifteen, sixteen years apart in in age. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're <laughs> Which, like you know that happens. But yeah, it does. I, sure. Like you, were, we were talking about like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson is supposed to be like this like top cop. Yeah. That I'm like. That that might be hard to do as a, a teenage dad. I don't know. People. Yeah. Do it, well. But. Yeah. I mean. I mean. That's kind of the thing. It's like, uh, it, it, his like Chris Rock's mother is not in this movie. So I mean, who knows what happened to her? It doesn't. Yeah. It's not part of the story. No. So I'm like, I, I was trying to picture like Samuel L. Jackson like at age 18 with a two-year-old like entering the police academy yeah. after he yeah. graduated high school oh that I'm like that what is this story there's a lot more going around. on <laughs> um and you know you can tell they're related because in flashback they both have uh, very fake mustaches which <laughs> <laughs> is pretty funny they they rely on hair and facial hair to sort of set the tone that's one of the hallmarks of, of this franchise when it's taking place <laughs> exactly uh I, uh, I mean, there's, it's not really worth like doing the whole recap thing for this one, to be honest, because I'll tell you, it's, it's Chris Rock and his partner, um, the rookie, the rookie, Max Shank, Shank, right. Or excuse me, Max is his real name. Uh, Detective Shank, William Shank, Mm -hmm. uh, on the tale of the jigsaw killer after, uh, Two traps, basically. Well, ultimately four. There's only four traps in this movie. Yeah. Uh, his partner is the killer. There you go. Yeah. The end. It's the rookie. <laughs> it's the rookie that comes in and he's so enthusiastic about working with Chris Rock because Chris Rock's dad is what inspired him to do it in the first place or something. And Samuel L. Jackson doesn't even show up until like, what, maybe 45 minutes into this movie, halfway yeah. through this movie. And I thought there was a, a really funny scene early on where, like, in the police precinct, like, 
they're panning over like the uh, the famous cops from this precinct yeah. and there's a big photo of samuel L. jackson like yeah. just to remind you like don't worry samuel L. jackson is in this movie he He's will here. be here do not leave the theater yes. samuel L. jackson is coming <laughs> like uh yeah so we get the subway trap uh let's just hit the traps yeah. there's four of them yeah subway trap not bad not bad not bad. Nasty. That guy's got a big tongue. He's got a big <laughs> tongue. His tongue is like shown hanging at the. It's like put in a vice. Apparently, they oh. they initially. Actually, this was kind of interesting. They changed the construction of this trap like on set, oh. basically, because it was supposed to be like a fish hook thing, Ooh. where like hooks were going through the tongue. Mm-hmm. But something that Boozman, excuse me, Bowsman, uh, says over and over. Uh, throughout any of the movies he's involved with in this franchise that I actually kind of like is he says that the traps need to work as we say they work. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, oh, the the hooks would just rip out like in all of our tests that we did with all the actors we killed with the subway train. <laughs> uh, it would just rip out. So we need something that's going to hang on to it yeah, more and actually pull it out. Mm-hmm. Which I actually really appreciate that yeah. aspect of the yeah. design. I mean, as an actor, I wouldn't want to walk into like the rack trap that mm-hmm. like twists all your arms around and Bowsman is saying like, uh-huh, it works. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm uh, not getting fucking in that I'm thing. Not my hands Are in you there? crazy? I'm not putting my legs in there. No. What do you mean it works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we also have uh, number two here is the finger trap. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, really like this one. This, this is one's the one nasty. Where the the corrupt cop has like there, there's too many things going on in this one. Exactly. Uh, he's got uh, some headgear on, and all of his in- fingers are individually inside of what look like Chinese finger traps, but yeah, like, like made of metal. Like metal, yeah. And they're attached to a device that's like reeling in his fingers, and he's also in a pool of water, yeah, uh, which electrocutes him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was the one that so apparently this movie was rated NC seventeen like eleven times by the MPAA, <laughs> and I believe most of that, from what I'm getting from the commentary, was because of this finger sequence. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So like the like they've worked with the same like uh, prop builder mm-hmm. uh, for all the body. I, I keep saying prosthetics. I don't know another word for it. Like the the, yeah. the practical effect stuff. Yeah. Uh, they've worked with the same guy throughout the franchise, uh, and he's obviously incredible. Like mm-hmm. we've seen, mm-hmm. seen some really amazing stuff. Yeah, really repulsive. Yeah. like and well designed. And it's things. nice to have that continuity of like the same design for all these things. Absolutely. I mean, that's something we love with this franchise. Is yeah. like there's so many of the same people that are working. Yeah, together mm-hmm. throughout all this time. So like after like they kind of break up the rhythm of doing one a year, mm-hmm. and you take a seven year gap and then a four year gap, like. It's it's kind of amazing that Jigsaw is as good as it is. Yeah. And then it's kind of really frustrating that this one's as bad as it is. It's it's harder and harder to get the gang back together. Get everybody yeah, all, I agree. the band all re- reunited to do it again. I mean, we'll see what happens with the next entry in this yeah, franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the big issue was that you could, they, they had filmed, like, basically, uh, you see, like, this, this, this trap is designed to rip all of his fucking fingers off. Yeah. And you saw them all come off, like, in graphic detail. And, like, 
like uh, Bowsman talks throughout this commentary about how much stuff they cut out of this movie. They cut so much shit out of this film. And not Damn. necessarily just because of the MPAA, but mm. that was the only scene where he was like, he was mad. Like I could, he, like he said, he's like, watching the scene still pisses me off because they made us remove some of the best shit that we had in this film. Oh. And it's bullshit that they thought that this was something that was intolerable for an R-rated audience. And uh, I fucking agree with him because the MPAA is... Uh, bunch of fucking puritanical fucking nerds Fuck puritanical <laughs> that's for sure i want to see yeah i wanted them to put out an unra- unrated or uh director's cut or something of it i would too I would check it out um and we're gonna get to an edited out sequence here in a little bit mm. uh so as the uh story goes on uh basically the police chief uh when everyone's out investigating a saw trap uh, she gets ensnared unwittingly in a saw trap in the archives in the room in the basement of, of the, the police, police station. Uh, At this point, you should know by now that the perpetrator is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> like That's, it should be pretty fucking obvious. Anyone who's credentialed, point. it's a cop or it's a doctor. They're all cops or doctors. Like, <laughs> it's. I mean, she's trapped in their own fucking police building <laughs> you do do you have a graduate degree arrest this man <laughs> civil engineers <laughs> doctors forensic pathologists cops 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. i guess you don't need a graduate degree to be a cop mm-hmm. uh this trap was uh fucking stupid it's like like what they're just like waterboarding her with wax uh, with hot wax and then the other option is she she has to like sever her spine yes on the blade yeah, she has to push her which um, I was like, how are they? How is that thing gonna know that she's done it? Like, how is what? What's going on? Which like, how do they know also, the, like, the nervous? Like slice? that one, like, like there's a lot of scale, like a lot of uh, breadth, and like the sacrifice you have to make in order to appease Jigsaw or one of his acolytes, and like pushing your spine into a blade to like permanently paralyze your entire body is like pretty high up there uh-huh. like a lot of people just like have their fingers kind of fucked yeah. up <laughs> yeah yeah like, like that doesn't right. seem very fair <laughs> yeah but it none also, of them are fair i'm like how did detective shank get all this fucking shit down there and set that up without <laughs> anybody fucking he's seeing showing it. up to work with like a big backpack every like, day. there's like I, like i don't know he's got some like boiling cauldron of wax that's being like pumped up through this tube that's then being dumped on her face and it's so stupid. Uh, it's ridiculous. Apparently, She's hot, though. She is hot. God like damn. that hot, hot wax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been part... I'm, I'm, like, wondering now, like, if that's part of the, the quote-unquote irony of this trap is right. that this beautiful woman had her face melted <laughs> off by hot, hot wax yeah. or something like that. Detective Garza, you have so much good looks. You don't know what to properly do with it. <laughs> That's a really good impression. Thank you. <laughs> I hated the pig voice, you but it also is very yourself funny. A, I'm doing just Miss Piggy. <laughs> Miss Piggy and Kermit. Kermit, <laughs> you consider yourself a six, but... <laughs> Kermit, yeah. It actually... I think they did do a little Muppet Saw parody somewhere. Or maybe someone edited oh, wait, the video. Wait, I think I have seen that. But it would I've be really funny I've seen the Muppet Faces of Death one from the... Miss Piggy. Uh, yeah. Was that? Oh! Kirby! Oh, you must slice off your hand <laughs> to show your true devotion to me! That's a really bad Piggy voice, but... <laughs> no, that's pretty good, too. <laughs> 
Hello, Gonzo. I want to play a game. <laughs> this is sort of where I gave up on notes. Just when you started doing right now the Miss Piggy voice? Yeah. I said, I hate this pig's voice. I gave up on notes. Should be obvious it's a uh, Do you know the name of uh, the pig? There's a pig puppet in this movie. It's a pig marionette. Oh, that's right. They switch out. They don't have Billy the puppet anymore. It's a pig he, marionette. There was a shot of Billy the puppet apparently in this at one point, but they cut it out. Oh. What's the name of the pig puppet? I believe marionette. it's called Mr. Snuggles. Might be Mr. Snuffles, Mr. Snuggles, I think. Yeah, something uh, very, something very stupid that's not in the, uh, in the story. Yeah. Uh, apparently, also in this wax trap, uh, there was a shot like where you fully see like her face getting peeled off uh, that they cut out. Damn. It's not the only face peeling scene they cut out of this movie either. Uh, and then the but but we'll get to that. And then the. Uh, Second to last trap is the glass grinder trap. Where oh, yeah. A corrupt cop is uh, uh, chained with his hands in the air, and then a bunch of glass goes into like a machine that like they, grinds up they, all the glass and shoots like a, it out. One of those like it's whatever softball or baseball sort of it's like a pitching machine. Yeah, pitching machine. <laughs> just throwing a bottle of glass. So apparently that machine actually does work like it does on screen. Okay. Which I have to be like. I, I respect that. It also makes me really nervous. I know. I'm like, why? <laughs> Apparently, why there was you? there was a day where they like it, they were trying to explain this to to Chris Rock how this was going to work. And it, to Chris Rock's credit, it sounded like he was pretty actively involved in the production, which is like a cool. hallmark of how a lot of these movies work. Yeah. And they were trying to describe trying to uh, describe this trap to him, and they ended up just showing him a video of it, like set up in the parking lot at their offices and they're throwing glass into it and it's just shooting glass out of it like it like it happens in the movie. Uh-huh. But they he was like, oh, okay, I get it now. But uh, they use like a rubber glass in, totally. the, in the film and yeah. it's mostly a, a prosthetic, you know, a, a stand, a fake body yeah. that's getting yeah. shot with this thing so that yeah. would still fucking hurt. Um, and apparently... Uh, Chris Rock actually, when they were filming this, like he scouted a lot of the scenes that they ended up using during production. Wow! Uh, cool. So there's like a Chinese restaurant that he ended up picking mm-hmm. that he like brought the producers and like the director uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman out to see, and he's like, "I want to shoot here." And they're like, "Okay." There's a church uh, that he was like, "This is way better for this." Like he was walking around or whatever. He's like, "This is way better than where we're going to shoot now," and the there's a moment apparently at this at, at this inflection point in the production where uh, the director called the producers and he's like, we're going to try to shoot here. And they're like, no, we're coming down to the set right now to see what you're doing. Like, this is not oh. a, a good deal. And they saw it like, this is great. We're never going to get to film here. And Chris Rock is like, no, we'll get to film here. No, we'll do it. And then he ended up talking it to whoever and like yeah. five minutes later, they're like, yeah, we got approval. Like, we're good. Like, I, I like that kind Hell of yeah. stuff. And yeah. I, I appreciate his... Uh, his hands-on involvement because he does seem to even if it's not on screen he does seem to care about what's going on here uh even though like we said his uh performance is is it's bad it unfortunately yeah, it's unfortunate like especially the scene where he comes back to the precinct and he's looking for garza and he's just yelling at everybody and i was like where is 
where is she? And they're all just like yelling back, and I'm like, whoa, what are you, what, what, what do you mean? Like, she's well, down in the friggin' basement. She's got him. And they're like, who's got him? And he's like, the killer. Zeke, what's going on? He's got him. Who's got him? The killer has Angie. Look, I guess you didn't hear. The killer just attacked a cop at 3rd and Beeman. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. She's down in the fucking basement. <laughs> She's it's down in the so basement. so bad. It's awful. <laughs> uh, and then the last... Uh, most complicated trap here. This is the hardest one to describe. I, it's, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is just like in a marionette rig. Rig where uh, his I, blood is getting drained for some reason. Right, because he's got like there's like cuffs on like his wrists and like ankles where yeah. the wires are, but then yeah. there's also like tubes that are extracting his blood that are taking blood out of him for some reason, and then in order to lower him. Uh, Chris Rock has to shoot a a spiral plate above him, kind of like a when like a dunk tank like at the fair, yeah, which it does. Uh, but then also uh, when the SWAT team shows up and breaches the door, it re-triggers the trap and turns off the lights. So Samuel L. Jackson is raised up again on his marionette things, right? And then like a th- like a gun mechanism like comes down near his wrist and the marionette so looks, forces his hands up so uh the cops uh shoot him unload. about i would say uh 700 times i was gonna say a thousand just times. like there's someone just like unloading. unloading this shotgun into him just over and over just over and over again it's Ugh. like no that person is dead it's like dead, they're, dead. they're dead they're dead stop <laughs> stop he's already dead so uh then we get the uh the last scene of the movie where uh Detective Shank uh, closes the door to the elevator, and he doesn't say game over, unfortunately, but we do get uh, one of our favorite hallmarks of the franchise, which is uh, the surviving character saying, No! Uh, and then a uh, 21 Savage song plays. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I really like that song. It's the not lyrics. bad. It's kind of sick that they sample like Zepp's theme that we've yeah. heard throughout the entire thing. I, I, I think at the end of this episode, I'm going to play all nine Zepp theme songs. <laughs> they're different in every movie. I'm going to play all nine of them at the same at time. At the same time. Including the 21 Savage one. We're going to unlock some weird ass like message or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go directly to heaven. Uh, yeah. So... I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> there's yeah, really, I not, mean, like there's I said, really was, not much with this movie. So, it was so disappointing to like have this idea that we, like, we were going to get some cult of jigsaw type stuff. And it was just this one guy going after this one cop. It's and that just, was it. It's just like a Law and & Order episode. Traps. That was it. Yeah. Uh, they did cut out uh, one sequence. Uh, and, and this is... I, I believe this was before they submitted it to the MPAA. But... Uh, we see that body that has a lot of its skin removed. That's kind of the decoy oh, body right. that we think Detective, Shank, Detective Shank like tattoos yeah. to make it look like it's his body. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, and this is kind of a, a grainy little screen grab of the uh, the Instagram post from Darren Lynn Boozman. Uh, apparently, they they built this full prosthetic body and 
uh, you watched it get flayed. <gasps> like, <laughs> like face down to groin, basically down one side. Apparently, Whoa. they were like, they, they were talking in the commentary like, yeah, it was it, they were like it's it, it was a lot <laughs> it was a little bit much like, so they just mm, were like there's no way we're, no. there's no fucking way we're we getting away with this can't keep this in uh, but they filmed it they did Ooh. so apparently there's an edit where it's like I mean, I mean not necessarily saying this as something that we need but there was an edit that apparently is like about two hours long oh wow I, I mean, and I don't think that's unusual for a lot of movies for them to have like for a sure. longer, yeah, a, especially a longer some of the time. first kind of cuts through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would still love to see a director's cut of this. Yeah, uh, and and Bowsman is like he's he's pretty clear about his intentions and what that would mean. He, 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 he seemed to express that he does want that out there. He does ultimately want to put out a version with like the stuff that he couldn't yeah. put in this. Like yeah. he wants the, the finger trap stuff in there. He wants the flaying scene in there. Yeah. Uh, but he was also pretty clear. He's like, this is as released. This is my movie. This is my intention. Yeah. This is what I wanted to put out. And this is what I wanted to say. So fair enough for him. I, I like when people own their work. Yeah. And uh, I like when people aren't too, uh, aren't put in a position where they wish it had been something else. Yeah. Which yeah. sounds like the case with this. Yeah. Even though uh, I sure wish it was something yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> Me as well. Uh, all right. A couple little stray factoids here. And then we're going to wrap this up and talk about uh, future episodes future episodes and our are we going to do our ranking we are going to do our ranking yeah. we're going to rank all these motherfuckers uh so they cut actually we just so the listening audience knows uh we'll often put the movies on mute that we're talking about in the background we're about mm -hmm. to get to the finger trap sequence oh yeah so this is reminding me that uh uh this finger trap scene was two minutes longer Wow, that's a <laughs> that lot more been, pulling on the fingers. A lot, a lot of gross shit that would have been in there. Um, yeah, they kept talking about how they cut stuff for pacing. Uh, you also get a scene of, oh, we like nailed this early on in the franchise, but it's pretty clear once you start noticing it is that they're placing actors in the background or in roles so they can pick them up later. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock's wife in this we see her in one scene like for just like she has like a handful of lines like maybe six lines like chris rock comes to her doorstep oh my god i don't even if i i don't think i remember her we're already way past yeah. it in the the timeline of the the background movie here but <laughs> uh chris rock's wife they said that they hired a pretty big and notable toronto actress to play her just for this one scene and yeah. their intention was exactly what we've talked about mm -hmm. where that if a sequel got picked up or the story continued like they're gonna have her mm -hmm. ready to go for a bigger role yeah um so i hope that happens cool why not yeah uh there's a scene in this also where the uh uh the cops are delivered clues in like tiffany boxes basically throughout this <laughs> yeah there's a box with uh where all the fingers get delivered mm-hmm uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman said he has those fake fingers sitting on his desk. 
awesome. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. It's a cool. fun little prop to keep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got just a couple more things here, and then I'm going to shut the fuck up, and we're going to get to the closing of this thing. Uh, Bowsman said his favorite trap was the wax trap in this. I don't know why. Interesting. He said it was like that was the one where the pain was more relatable than the other ones. I I don't know. I would I would have to say the uh I mean the the traps in this one are a little less like I feel like it's harder to relate to the pain. I agree. I would say the tongue one though was maybe the most yeah, visceral. I actually and the finger one is pretty nasty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's only five of them in here. Yeah, like the bloodletting aspect of the last one a little bit is I I, I just couldn't kind tell of what gross, the fuck but was it's like on. undersold. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, the finger trap one or the uh, the tongue one are, are the yeah. better ones here. Like yeah. those both surprised me a little bit. Like those felt like a breath of fresh air in a movie that was like yeah suffocating me yeah <laughs> that was the real trap was the movie spiral <laughs> the movie itself, itself. <laughs> uh one of the cop actors in this is uh wayne gretzky's son oh that's funny <laughs> that's funny he even gets a couple lines so i think he gets paid a little more he's the cop that reviews the footage to say uh uh, Captain Garza is in the basement. Look, there she is. Look, now the door's closed. Oh, anyway, no. that's his acting yeah. career. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Samuel L. Jackson apparently was really interesting to work with uh, in this flashback scene in the movie where he says, uh, motherfucker, and then like throws a glass at the wall. I think that was like the first one that he filmed, uh, from what I remember. And when they they finished shooting the scene, he was like, there, you got your motherfucker line out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Bowsman was talking about how intimidating uh, he felt like Jackson was as a performer, because obviously he's yeah. iconic. Yeah. Like, and he he's hired often to play a very intimidating persona yeah, <laughs> of course yeah. like he's not a teddy bear character actor type of no, guy but no. uh the first scene that he directed him in uh bowsman said that uh he was like okay uh samuel we're gonna have you sit here and we're gonna have you sit like this and uh samuel jackson like looked at him he's like no <laughs> <laughs> And apparently no <laughs> Bowsman was like uh, yeah my butthole clenched up and I didn't know what to do uh, and then he talked to one of his friends on set he's like no he's finding out what your limits are yeah. like you need to insist on you need to direct him and mm-hmm. he will do it yeah and Bowsman's like that's exactly what happened I was like no this is what I want to do this is where I want you this is why I want you here mm-hmm. and Jackson was like totally down great yeah 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 it's like, I just need to know that you know why you're <laughs> directing me to do this <laughs> yeah exactly that's that sounds like that's exactly what it was yeah um and the last thing the uh the 21 Savage song uh that plays at the end of this movie <laughs> uh it has the line that I have been talking about for two years I took a number two with my rifle. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I took a number two with my rifle. Yeah, I'm like... So you... you took a doo-doo. Took a shit? Took a doo-doo. Took a shit with your rifle. You took a mat, just explosive... Just 
extremely fast shit. <laughs> Even Bowsman says in the soundtrack, he's like, "Could we get Twenty One Savage to explain what that line actually means?" I took a number two with my rifle. The song is actually kind of tight. No, it's great. <laughs> I've been listening to it a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think you already answered this, but uh, you didn't like the jigsaw voice in this one. Um, I just couldn't take it seriously. I was laughing. It was it's fun. a little silly. Like it's, it's very goofy. I like don't know what kind of. It's like a Muppet voice you've with an taken automated your entire life for granted, Miss Piggy. I just want to know what what it is, where it came from. <laughs> I I kind of like that they were trying to do a thing where it was more of a genderless voice. Yeah. I think that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, but there weren't really any female red herrings in this movie. It's like yeah. it's one of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's Definitely just one a movie of these guys. full of guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, and apparently they had uh, Max. Uh, I'm so I'm going to fuck up his name again. Max Minghella, Uh That sounds right. They they did a lot of tests of his voice going through the same like vocoder, mm-hmm. like voice processing as the other movies. And they were like, it just did not work. Like it just didn't work. I'm curious of, of who who did the voice for it. Actually, I don't know. We're gonna have to do a follow up yeah. episode on this. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, this got an NC-17 rating eleven times before getting an R, and uh, Bowsman said that's more of a pain in the ass than he had on two, three, or four. Huh. Saw X is coming out, so I guess that officially means this is Saw Nine. Mm-hmm. I don't think the crew really knew that this was officially Saw 9 <laughs> until they saw the marketing for Saw X. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what's, uh, we're going to get into it here, but uh, what? what's your overall opinion on the Saw franchise? This has been a wild journey. We've gone through nine fucking movies here. Nine movies. I, uh, I had a great time. I have fallen in love with this series and this franchise. I... I didn't hate it coming into it. I had grown to like it and appreciate it. But I don't know. Something about this time through watching them and getting a lot more kind of background and behind the scenes kind of stuff of what goes into it. And that usually will kind of it will it will make me reappreciate something or appreciate something to begin with, Um, because yeah, I don't know. For the longest time, I was kind of not a hater of Saw, but it was just sort of this like, oh, man, like, it's so bad. It's so bad. And then, I don't know, learning just about how short of a time they had for filming it, how low budget it was, how they had one location that they were working with. And, you know, even the purpose of the the enormous equality uh, uh, of, of this franchise is the, the editing style and the aesthetics of the sort of quick cuts and the kind of jumpy stuff and, you know, learning that that was more of a necessity to hide a lot of the, the, the sort of almost DIY or cheapness of some of these yeah. sets and what they were doing. It's like, Oh, that's charming. That's they're, Absolutely. they're working with what An they aesthetic have came out of some the constraints. Yeah, like they had to do this. We have to hide our duct tape and gum or whatever, holding it all together by kind of you know making these 
funny little jump cuts that at the time it's kind of like, oh, this is silly. This is annoying. And I'm like, I don't know. Like anytime that I, I find that I criticize something, I, whenever I learn about the artist's reason or the, the thinking behind it, that makes me appreciate it even more. Even if it no, wasn't necessarily executed in a way that it read well, but it's just knowing like, oh no, there's, there's a thought process happening. There's a reasoning that's happening and a vision that they're trying to achieve. And yeah, I just, I really yeah. appreciate that. I, I think that's really well said. Yeah. Like I, like I said, kind of at the outset of this, like I used to kind of look down my nose at these at a time when, uh, they were initially coming out in the early two thousands. And I was in that age where you try to formulate your opinions as like a movie fan or whatever. And you yeah. want to be a little snobbish and like, Almost and like uh, try to find what it means to appreciate like good art or good filmmaking. And what I've found over the years is like I love intentional craftsmanship. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I love seeing uh, someone solving a problem to like express whatever it is that they're trying to express. And mm-hmm. like it may be weird to say that about the Saw franchise, but it's totally fucking there. Yeah, and like absolutely. There, it's a lot of people that love collaborating with each other in a very tight set of constraints like and they're making these movies that are not big budget but they have like a really mass appeal because they're very successful at expressing what they want to express yeah except for this last movie i don't think it's a very successful movie but but there that's that's not to say that there's nothing commendable about it or nothing in it that's like valid or worthy something like this um, I I just uh, I I fucking love this franchise. Yeah, I love it. I mean, even thinking about the sort of degrading label that this movie and some other movies that are similar in theme and around the time that they came out of being labeled as torture porn, it's um very dismissive. It's dismissive. Term. It's yeah. extremely dismissive because. There's a comfort in watching movies that are uncomfortable because you're not literally going through it. You get to watch right. it and experience right. just the what if I were put in this situation. I also think that it's, um, I mean, I don't know how much you could directly correlate it, but I think it is an incredible movement of of movies and art that sort of was a response to, I mean, nine eleven. It's yeah. and like so many people like watching comparison with the discovering the atrocities of Guantanamo yeah, Bay and like people hyper... in American culture, like being saturated with very real violence yeah. and like whether or not these movies like kind of expressed the anxieties that were created by those discoveries in the American populace. It's certainly, exists in a space where we're now consuming those images and those realities of violence, whether we want to or not. Yeah. So the space was there. These saw movies, like it's almost like these are a palate cleanse for having to watch nine 11 unfold. And then also watch everything that happened because of that. After that, uh, the upgrade and all of these just awful, awful, hyper violent, hyper, like instantaneous kind of shit. Like we're watching this shit happen live and like 
yeah, I don't know. There's just like, how do you, how do you deal with something like that? How do you reconcile living in this kind of world with this much violence constantly? Yeah. And like in a place that it's like, it's safe. It's like, let's explore these fears, these visceral anxieties and these fears of our bodies and yeah. And that aspect of safety is so essential to the effectiveness of this entire franchise where people are displaced from secure positions in their own lives and in society, like whether they're police officers or doctors or, and and that extends to everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that seems to be part of the message of this franchise is like, it's, it's that everyone is uh, susceptible to something outside of their control that is going to endanger their autonomy and the, physical space of their body and their lives and Mm -hmm. i think this franchise like you're saying like definitely comes out of a time when people were feeling very unsettled yeah in america uh, specifically in the u.s specifically yeah Uh, so i think that's really well said ralph so uh i hope i get to see more of this gross pervert shit yeah (laughs) Yeah, give it to me. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, how we're gonna approach Saw X here in a minute, but drum roll, you're gonna go first. We're gonna rank the franchises, the franchise here. Do you want me to just go like straight through? Or do you want me to do these? I want you to go trilogies, bottom to top, bottom to top, all nine. All right, and then I'm gonna ask you uh, to explain in- myself. <laughs> Actually, do you want to do best and worst trap first? Uh, oh boy. Um, do you have a best trap? I think I won't say the same one as you. If you say I'll the one that's s- my I'll number one, one, I'll pick another one. Okay. I'll, well, I'll say one that's maybe I'm, I have to go with, um, the needle pit. Great choice. Um, it's something that is extremely relatable to me using a needle once a week for my testosterone, but it also, because this was the one that it, that was the movie I saw first. Saw yes. two. Seeing <laughs> it's in forever theaters, in your brain. It is just it is it is in me. Um, but I would my like other a one needle. Is, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming my other favorite one is probably the one that you're gonna say. My number one is the carousel trap. Yeah. Yeah. That is just an uh, extremely honorable runner up to the reverse bear trap. It's yeah. And the needle, uh, like those, those are the three that, exactly. that keep coming up. Reverse bear trap, carousel shotgun, shotgun, carousel, whatever. Uh, yeah. And needle pit are probably my three favorites. Yep. Uh, I've got two uh, here for worst trap. Let's hear them. Cause I'm, I, I'm just blanking. I'm, I'm imagining the the worst ones for me are the ones that I just can't even remember. Like, yeah. They kind of slip out of your mind. Cause it's yeah. like, oh, okay, whatever. I, uh, the worst two for me are the suspended cage from right. Saw 3D. Yeah. Stupid. Yes. It, it looks like shit. It's a, a, a totally it without one, stakes. Like what, he had to swing. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, and the one behind that would be the ceiling jars. Glass jars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Wait yeah. a minute. I know this. <laughs> it's the fucking glass jars. Ceiling one. jars from uh, part five. five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I can't believe we can still retain the difference at this point. It's such a, there's so much going on there's a lot. There's <laughs> this a lot. fucking franchise. All right. So it sounds like we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so let's do let's do your rankings and then I'll do mine and then we'll get into some Saw X predictions here. Cool. I'm gonna do these from the bottom, the worst, to the, to my favorite. Okay. And I'm just I'm doing them all by numbers that, yeah, the numbers that they've been numbered and how they came out. I guess. I mean that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, at the very bottom is nine. Spiral. Agreed. <laughs> uh, the next least favorite one for me was number seven. Agreed. I I kind of I almost went back and forth between because my next one is eight jigsaw. Okay, close. Um, and then one above that, I re- I I'm surprised, but I liked five. Okay. Um, it's it's hard for the I think I want to say those two are very close because they have a lot of elements that I really like about them and then some weak some weird weaknesses. Um, and above five is four. Okay. And then I kind of have a tie for my third places, and that's three and six. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. My number two is one. Ooh, my favorite is number two. Oh, I, baby. two is number one. For oh, me. I love that. Yeah, I I fucking love the gas house. I love the the introduction of like Jigsaw being like a main character and Amanda and the twist of it and yeah. We've got uh, we're gonna start pretty close together here. Mm-hmm. I I really like that ranking of number two as your top spot because in mine like I I. Uh, I really like that movie overall. I don't love some of the traps in that, mm-hmm. even though I love some of the traps in that. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. That needle pit is so good. The setup is so good, and the the little twisty, turny stuff at the end mm-hmm. is just uh, extremely well done mm-hmm. like it really earns that reveal yeah at the end yeah it really really does and that's really rare for this franchise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because a lot of the twists and turns that come up at the end are dog shit yeah like <laughs> no yeah. matter how much i love that dog shit <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like they're not they're not always they, they don't always stick the landing mm-hmm. all right you ready? Yes. Okay, here's my ranking bottom to top. Spiral. Saw 3D, the final chapter, part seven. Five. Mm-hmm. Then Jigsaw. And then I'm going to break your heart here. You're putting two all the way down there, aren't you? Two. Damn, you liked four more than two? And then four. Ooh. I all actually right. really liked four. It's just too messy. Just too <laughs> it's much a little messy. <laughs> I liked having like a like something I do like about four is like having a central character that's pleasant mm-hmm. <laughs> to be around. That's like driving a story. Yeah. Like it's and also it's like a gross movie too. Yeah. Four and three are like so closely linked that it's like yes. Oh man. Like yeah. those two in my mind, I had to like really think about before I mm-hmm. like ranked these. So four, and then I'm gonna go three, mm-hmm. and then the last two here. One, six. Nice. Six is my favorite. Nice. Yeah. It's the best uh, target of like who's who's being targeted. 
Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the the people being involved. Other than Spiral. Other than Spiral, but they fucking we, we, shit weirdly, the bed with that. Weirdly, it's it's just a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, Spiral 75 yeah. Jigsaw 2431. Jigsaw six. I wanted to like more. I just like out of nowhere I'm like, who the fuck is this Logan guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'll lead into the next thing here. I uh, quickly saw and then we got to get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah. Saw X predictions. Detective Hoffman coming back. I think so. I do too. I think in, it, it could be very small, could be very big. Do you think Logan is coming back? I think so. Interesting. I don't think Logan is coming back. Does he die at the end? No, he's still alive. And we know that he's involved oh, well, with actually, Jigsaw since the beginning. Yeah, no, maybe he won't be in it because maybe he will be, this will, that will be the timeline where he's over in Afghanistan. Oh, maybe. Where Hoffman's helping him, Jigsaw instead. But he's there since before Saw 1, too. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he could have been there and then gone over to Afghanistan and then come back. Mm-hmm. Quickly drive down to Mexico. Yeah. From whatever city this yeah. movie takes place in. <laughs> uh Dr. Gordon, is he back? Mm. God, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I I could see I could see him coming back, but I mean, I guess yeah. If we if we're gonna see Hoffman, I think maybe we'll see Gordon. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I I I think if I'm forced to pick mm-hmm. i'm gonna say the only one of them that's gonna come back is uh hoffman hoffman yeah. yeah do you think we're gonna get two timelines in this movie yes At yeah least. i think they think there's <laughs> they think there's no way At that we're least. not gonna get more than one timeline mm-hmm. all right should we call it there i think so if you like the show uh please give us five stars on spotify mobile or five stars on apple podcasts anything less than that uh keep it in your drafts thank you (laughs) we're very sensitive (laughs) uh if you want to follow us you can find us on twitter at the roomcast or you can email us at screamingroompod at gmail.com hell yeah hell fucking yeah scene son son scene son son we're fucking done with this series oh we're done all right let's go get a picture smoke a joint or something okay bye bye <laughs> everything i do i be 10 steps ahead Ten. my young got them bodies she's still pissing the bed Ten. keep the call to silence don't repeat what i said Ten. keep out of baloney i just came for the bread oh my hood known for wildin and i don't promote the violence i done been through all the trials and tribulations now i'm smiling say you want to smoke we at the table doing the Wait your shit up, make it home for you a siren. I'ma let them spin like a spiral. I don't got no love for no.